This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. Tim Barisha. Hello. Hey, friends. It's weird. Yeah. How's it going? Good. 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 Well, I mean, we don't got to do the how's it going. We don't got to do the how's it going. But Tim is an old friend. You're one of the first people I met when I, when I came to L.A. I met you before I moved to L.A. And you are the, probably the person who actually put us on the map when you started. Have we generated the most business for you of, of anyone? I'd like to think we have. Hands down. Probably. Yeah. Well, over yeah. the years. I think it started with the Audi. The Audi R8, which yeah. in hindsight... Was not that. I mean, it was not that cool, really, was uh, it? It had, it had those Dimag wheels. It was yeah, dropped, had some carbon fiber on it. But Tim, of course, it, uh, the owner of BBI Autosport. When did you actually open door your doors? We actually, actually opened our doors in Huntington Beach in that new facility in 2008 in January. 1. Oh, so you were open like less than a year when I met you, yeah. or maybe, wow. maybe not even. Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought it was funny that you hit your mark with an R8 and not a Porsche. Well, that. That's, I mean, it was that was weird actually because he, I went down there and there was a shop full of Porsches. Like yeah. your shop is always full of Porsches, right. and yet we were filming this R8. I think that was a Craig Lieberman deal, right? It might have been. It was. I think it was Craig Lieberman who right. we've had on this show. He he's an old friend and he worked on Fast and the Furious and he's got he's, some of the best stories from the early 2000s. Oh yeah. Meet. But I think he brought me to your place. I think you're right because he was in Huntington I, on my way up here. I was trying to. I was trying to put that link together on how we got connected. And I, it was Craig. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Craig. Yeah. And we filmed that Audi, which in hindsight wasn't all that cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, considering the shit you've built since then. Right. It was sort of fucking whatever. Yeah. I mean, it was a good-looking car. Yeah. It was, it was an R8. But it fundamentally had a body kit and an exhaust on it, didn't it? Exactly. Was it even a V10? It had a quarter million views. You know, and we, oh, by the way, we, you know, we shot it like handheld. Yeah. You know, yeah, so exactly. oh, how times have changed. Right, with your, you shot it with an iPhone 1. Exactly. Yeah. Our yeah. shooting ability matched the car. Exactly. We had a body kit and a camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you see how jaded we are? Like, thing, like yeah. when, I, when I was uh, probably 15 <laughs> years old, I ride my BMX bike and living up in Washington. I remember... And this is what keeps me a little bit grounded. I remember it was raining out. We were walking our bikes up this steep-ass hill in this Z28 Camaro, like a 94 or something like that. Went by and got on the throttle and spun the tires like six revolutions. And we're like, oh, my God, the thing did a rolling burnout. Holy shit. You know, like the whole time we were – and then now we're like, oh, yeah, I was doing shift sector and – I was getting wheel spin at 190 miles an hour. Yeah. You know what's but, funny, though, is like when you talk to, like, friends or something that live, like, in the middle of fucking nowhere, yeah. they're like, I saw a boxer the other day, and it's like, all right. <laughs> Good for no, you. No, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're so we're – so, Yeah. We've well, lost we're, it. we're jaded for a couple reasons. One, we live in, you know, the area for right. this stuff. You know, Southern California is the largest volume market for all luxury and exotic car makers, mm-hmm. 100% of them. They sell the most here. Yeah. So – I mean, I saw three Lamborghinis today, and all I did was drive to fucking Venice and back. You know what I mean? Like, and that's well, just there's 18 million people in LA alone. Yeah, you just don't you don't you get so super desensitized to it. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, if I probably made a video of an exhaust, an Audi R8 with an exhaust today, like 
some people would enjoy it, I it guess. Was, yeah, you you get a couple thumbs up and like, hey, cool car. Yeah. And the rest of people are like, how about something with power? <laughs> how about something cool? Yeah. But it yeah. is. I mean, it, it is a cool car. It's just. It is. It's There's nothing wrong with a fucking R8. It's just that you know now. That's interesting. That's you know it, we used an R8 to like build our relationship, which is right. That's the crazy part. Well, are you jaded by speed? Because you were saying you 190 miles an hour, and like, and shit, no. are, are you? Do you still have fun going fast, or there's nothing turn on to like 150? No, no, no. I still have. So I had a smart car, right? And that was my <laughs> daily driver. I remember that. Yeah, that was yeah. cool. I totaled yeah, yeah. that car three times. Yeah. <laughs> and that was that had the astroturf carpeting, right? Astro, yeah, I had astroturf carpet, and all my interior was tore out. You uh, challenged me to a race. Remember this? Last I, time you were on the show yeah. in the house, you were like, "No, no, no, dude." We're going to race. You and me will race anywhere. I don't care what car you bring in traffic. I will beat you anywhere you want. He said we're going <laughs> to race at 5 p.m. on a Friday yeah. to Huntington Beach. Yeah. He's like, you've got no chance. Yeah, unless you have a helicopter. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I should have challenged you in the vault. Then I could have just carpool lane solo. True. Boom. Listen, done. I would have been splitting the lanes in the smart car. Half the carpool, half the, yeah, you know, the double forgot, yellow. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. And you people don't like, give a fuck. They don't get mad. They're like, oh, that's cute. Look at the idiot in the smart he's car. Gonna, he's going to die. Don't worry yeah, about it. don't worry about it. He'll work itself out. Well, you had like coilovers on that too, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, KWs, had brakes, <laughs> all that stuff. But I love the engine stock. Your the, parts were more expensive than the car. By far. Yeah. By far. Um, the, but but you, the, do, you daily shit boxes now. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, I don't ever see myself ever see myself dailing a nice car i have a my favorite car is a 1981 volkswagen rabbit truck diesel. yeah that i've seen all, it it's it's i was wondering if he was going to drive it up here today because it's it's rough no no ac though <laughs> it was a little <laughs> warm today it's cool though you never see those things yeah and I, I just i for some reason i think it's my childhood we used to buy toyota starlets and go off road them up in washington state and and i think something there stuck that i would love dailying cars that are not you know it's just it's, you well you can care. fix them i don't care i really don't, don't and you can you can fix them yeah you know what i mean like if you're whatever like you know for some people that uh, your shitty daily driver braking would be a major inconvenience if you happen to own a fabrication shop right. it's not such a fucking big deal you can work it out you can yeah. figure something yeah. out yeah but even just driving something you don't care about even if you can't fix it if it doesn't break it's just park Comfortable. I shouldn't say, oh, sure. I shouldn't say this, but ninety-five percent of the time, my keys left in my ignition overnight, and that's dumb. <laughs> but it's, it's not that but I don't whatever. care because oh, I'm going to go buy another. No, it's just no. You are proving a point that, that your car is safe, it's safe. always. Right. <laughs> and if somebody door dings me, it's cool. I don't have to lose my mind over it. it door dings them. Doesn't door ding you. It does them more than it hurts me. It does keep you from getting a big head, though. You know, every day on your way to work, you know, you're brought down to you know. Lower class level, not even lower class. Before, just, before installing a hundred thousand dollars worth of parts on somebody's car, right. you know, you get that five hundred dollar beater experience. Yeah. You know, every well, day. and it also brings a perspective. It's just like, ah, that got me to the grocery store in exactly the same amount of time as it took you. Right? Yeah. yeah, and I'll tell you what. Look, I have a, I think it's a two thousand one Boxster. My dad bought it, and this, this all, this is, uh, might go too long of a story, but. When I worked for Porsche, we had development mule cars. Right before the Cayman came out, the, the 987 Boxster was just coming out. So we had one. Hey, but just bring the mic down a little bit. We had – is that better? Yeah. We had one that uh, had a Cayman – all the Cayman drivetrain. Uh-huh. And we were allowed to drive these cars. And we want – they told us, put drive it like you drive your own car. 
<laughs> and all That's, of us that all, does, it's hard to replicate that process. Well, some <laughs> some of the guys, some of the guys at the shop had Carrera S's, you know, yeah. before they were even out. They had the nine nine sevens with the ceramic brakes and all that stuff. Some people had the boxers that came in. So I, my dad drove the boxer with the Cayman power plant and the Cayman suspension in it, and he fell in love. So all he ever wanted was a boxer. So he bought a two thousand one from his buddy, and he just he he just completely lost interest. So he, I ended up taking it and fixing it up, lowered it just a little bit, put toe links on it you know changed the clutch did the intermediate shaft just the normal thing basic shit but left the engine completely stock i love that car so if somebody comes and drops off their gt3 i just hand them the keys go ahead and go drive this car you know oh that's it, the loner that's kind of it's kind of the loner really except it has dog drool all over the side of it because frankie <laughs> rides to work with me every day but uh they come back like that, that thing's so much fun to drive yeah because you just want to carry speed it makes like 100 horsepower but it is it, it a two seven it's a two i think it's a two five Oh my god! Is that a two five or two seven? I'm not sure. But I don't know. Whatever I think, it is, no, it's... I think the last box I drove was a two seven. Okay, so whatever and it is, it was fucking slow, very slow. <laughs> like, but I, you, I know some people out there are listening in Europe and drive like a Renault fucking five with eighty horsepower. But like, but, I'm sorry, like a first gen boxer slow. <laughs> but isn't it all relative? You can ha- you can make fun and have fun in anything. Yes. Oh know? yeah. Like, back to the smart car. Back to my little diesel truck. You, you pull enjoyment yeah. out of all. And and it's trying to keep perspective. Like you were talking about, is it because you know nothing gets shipped, sh- uh, switched on after 150? No, that's not really true. It's it's that to keep perspective. Like I jumped in your Mustang. You know, it's the greatest car on earth, isn't it? I got out. I got it. Like my hand was shaking, and it's like not like we didn't go, but it just was yeah, so. It was so much fun to drive, yeah. and the thing turns in harder than anything I've ever built. So it's like <laughs> my car is yeah. is like, it's like no real speed, but just like a hundred percent like a sensory assault. You it know? is an assault like, on your senses. Yeah, yeah, it's the greatest. That's awesome. I love I'm, it, but like I wanted to get I wanted to get your thoughts on it. But like we should probably talk about more important things than my let's, car. Let's talk about more important. No, but I I love your car. Your it's car, great fun. Your Mustang is the Danny DeVito of cars. It's not fast, but it's sturdy and low. It's like it's, it's like, not, a talented. It's like a talented. It's like a like talented. a eight year old bulldog. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah, can't yeah. push it over, but it's not gonna. But I mean, what in the canyons is pretty fast. Yeah, I was gonna say you yeah. don't need the big horsepower. Well, we right? did the dyno test. Did we talk about the dyno test? Even yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. We yeah, talked yeah. about. Okay, so we talked about that. Two sixty wheel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but almost three hundred torque. Though. Almost three hundred torque, and the yeah. character of the engine—it's mm-hmm. like it's bang on now. Mm-hmm. It's really fucking healthy. Um, sorry, but okay. First Porsche <laughs> question: the nine, the the, the ten thousand dollar nine nine six. I am seeing a lot of ten thousand dollar nine nine sixes. Ten to fifteen thousand dollar nine nine sixes. Right. Should we be buying those? <clears throat> okay, that's a tricky one. Because I, I was thinking the same thing. Like, should should I start picking like, some of these up? and like dirty cheap. I know. Should I start picking some of them up, doing the intermediate shaft, do uh, do the clutch? Dude, why don't you sell, like, a BBI, like, refurb package for these cars and, like, just flip them for, you know, a few Gs? If you put a ducktail on it, you can add, like, 40 grand. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and if you take duck out, all, and, and, uh, take out the hound, AC. Houndstooth interior, you're done. Yeah. Well, hell, you, know, you do the headlight walk. swap on them, and most people don't know the difference between that and 997. Well, I mean, exactly. But if let's say let's say you dial it in, you put some coilovers on it, a few control arms, you know, do a brake job on it. You actually yeah. have a fun car to drive. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, the, for the value, the problem is like barrier to entry is is easy, but then the maintenance. Let's say you you break a head or you know you crack a head between one of the ports, and then you mix coolant and water, and then you have like this milkshake machine of a. And that's twenty grand. Yeah. 
Is that, it? Yeah. It's still that's, 20 that, grand? Because it's like 12 grand to build an engine, you know. And um, I know Dwayne down at Vision, uh, down in um, South Orange County, I went to his shop the other day, and he's got more Carrera 996 engines already rebuilt and ready yeah. to go on his shelves. Oh, because they because, get, cause he gets yeah, so many. Yeah, he's got many, the big wire racks that are just yes, full of them. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Mecca of Carrera engines, and that's what got me thinking. I'm like, should I just start buying these and go to Dwayne? Hey, I need an engine. I'm going to give you – here's the core. I don't even want to – yeah, I don't even want to blow this one up. Just let's swap oh, it out. Oh, just give him the working engine. Just swap it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, rebuild yeah. this one. Make sure it's good. I put a yeah. good working engine Hell in yeah. it, and then then you have a good driver. And then you sell a twenty thousand dollar reliable car. Right. Let's mm-hmm. say for twenty five grand, what can you get that would that you could still throttle around? Like, I mean, actually, you can get a lot. I, a lot. <laughs> I mean, homie, you're you're in a prime yeah. price point okay. right there. Yeah. So, you know, ten thousand dollars, you're buying effectively a chassis, right? right? So. so Say you wanted to go and you wanted to get, like, decent power. Say you wanted to get, like, 400 horsepower out of it and do the basic stuff to make it nice and quick, maybe a nice little weekend track car but not spend shit tons of money. What are you looking at? You just said 400 horsepower. 400 horsepower out of a Carrera is a Yeah, that's true. That's a lot. That's a 3.8 swap. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. thinking. I'm thinking my usual toys, not okay. Let's say motors. let's say it's 300 horsepower. Chris, yeah. Chris, Chris thinks of everything relative to like an LS3. Yeah. Okay. So you have to do. So what he just said is like, let's just swap an LS. Right. In so it. to translate to Chris, yeah. you have to say, you know, a 3.8 is you know 0.7 of an LS3. We got to work on percentages here. Well, your percentages are two to one. It's, yeah. it's one dollar yeah. to two horsepower. Ours is the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's brutal. It's brutal. Mm-hmm. Oh. It really is. And. I mean, it is. It's just my the uh, Porsche tax is fucking strong, man. Yeah, and my buddy, my buddy was looking at. I mean, so he distributes. It's AD Performance. He does Stroker Motors for Mustangs. That's mm-hmm. his gig. Ever since we we're eighteen years old, him and I used to street race together. Wait, are you telling me that like your like tight homie does Stroker kits for the car oh. that I have had in your hold on, hold shop on. for like fucking ten weeks this year? Hold on. Not my not <laughs> yeah, my homie. Do the header not, not my homie. Okay. The man who married my wife and I <laughs> <laughs> and the best man at my wedding. Oh, it is favor time. Yes it is. The favor fairy is coming to fucking town. So he's up in he's up in Santa Barbara and every time <laughs> That sounds like a different in, individual. In friend, yeah. No, every time he comes down and your Mustang's in the shop, he's yeah. just like, That's the real car right there. <laughs> That's the one. You know what? He's right. Yeah. He's right. Wait, where's his place based? Uh it's he's actually his business is based out of Seattle. It's A D performance and he but he just moved down to San uh uh, Santa Barbara, probably a year and a half ago. So he goes back and forth. Yeah. And um, so here's what we're going to do. Yeah. We're going to do your idea on my car. We will take my engine out yeah. and give it to him. Yeah. And he will give us a stroker engine with some, like, tr- you know, some proper trick flow heads on it. <laughs> As you have to change he, he, the headers again? When him and I talk, like, he, he's he's got it. I think he still has a stroke 351 Windsor that he entered in Engine Masters probably <laughs> – Probably five it, or six years Matt, ago. Matt, that motor's going to be as much as your car is. But that engine made, I think, seven-something on 100 octane. <laughs> all at, motor? At like 8,200 RPM. It's all motor? All motor. That yeah, is. Awesome. Daddy, right key. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it's, that's probably just been sitting on a stand for like a while. It's just taking up space at his Maybe shop. Maybe it needs a home. Nobody I don't know. wants to buy it. It needs yeah. a home. We'll give Brian a call. <laughs> Last week, your car had enough power, yeah. and you're going to use it, and you can, it get, you can get on Listen, the gas everywhere. I was only just going to say that only lasts a week. Only an idiot turns down free horsepower. 
Only, only an idiot turns. I, I agree, but, uh, yeah. but I, I'd argue free. there's there's a curve to that. There's a bell curve, and that you hit certain amount of horsepower, the, no, and then you are an look. idiot once again. No, here's the problem. The the real, very real problem with horsepower and this car is beyond the point I'm at. Like this fucking Carrera yeah. problem mm-hmm. is right. that horsepower is very expensive, exponential, exponentially expensive. Yeah. Like legitimately, yeah. if I want more power out of this engine, I need new heads, yeah. and then I need to have them put on. Right, and that means new head gaskets and right. fucking new head studs and right. new da da da. Yeah, and then and you got to port match your intake. And yeah, then, yeah, and I'm and paying then you Porsche get tax on fucking labor. <laughs> 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 but that shit is pretty normal. It, this but race at that point thing, you're talking about different. three, you know, three grand for fifty horsepower. But not if we're for the talking, Mustang threads I've been reading, my friend. You can get a lot well, of power for yeah. for not that, not as much. Race engine, different. So I probably but, your car, your car, the way it sits. Yeah. If you had another seventy-five horse, it'd be the greatest thing in the world. Which would be heads and yeah. cam. Just, that's it. That's it. Heads, yeah. cam, intake. Yep. yep. But I don't want a lumpier fucking cam. Why? You don't have to have one. You know how? <laughs> because have I you don't. ever driven a car that idles and goes? Yes. I just did. I just did. You know how hard? You know how hard we work to get a nine eleven to do that. It's like all we want is a lumpy 911. <laughs> well, the 911, you have to like somehow unbalance its inherent balance. No, you just have to put huge cams in it. Oh, big really? heads, yeah. Okay, so, so back fun. to the 911 thing, right? Yeah. So you want to take one of those Carreras that's yep. pretty anemic, yep. right, power-wise. Get 300, 300 horsepower, have a nice-sounding exhaust, maybe a little exhaust work, maybe a little uh, suspension work. What are you looking at to get that up to that spec? I think you're in the <clears> – <throat> I would say you're in the 20 to 20 – okay, depending on the price of the car – if you're if you're honestly if you can honestly rope one in for fifteen grand, yeah, yeah. you got to put another ten into it. Yeah, yeah, you can you can okay. get one for fifteen grand. And then you, and you like get on eBay and you find a set of you find a set of like eighteen by elevens and nines, you know, and yeah, whatever. Just and then put some rubber under it. Did you ever drive the VF Supercharged nine eleven? I we actually built one actually before I met you oh, when really? I was in my little shop way back before this one, and uh, that car it's cool it's fun it's like a. Um, it's almost like a four and a half liter. It doesn't mm-hmm. hit hard. It doesn't hit like turbos. Yeah. It just you have this nice linear pull to red lines. I yeah. remember it was like years ago, but I remember liking it a lot. Yeah. The nine nine seven. Yeah, because didn't the, you guys go out and test it? At I did it at Spring yeah. Mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, Spring Mountain. It was That's great. It was, it was yeah. absolutely great fun. It was yeah. a really nice kit. I, yeah. and what did I he say Nick, they were? They, he, he said they were work. like eight grand for the kit or I think something they're even like come that. Down from there. Yeah, they're cheap. It's a cheap way to make good power in those cars. I mean, relatively cheap. My suggestion. Just, turbo? No, don't turbo. don't turn the boost up from where that is. You buy that kit, you put it on, and you run it. Oh, yeah. yeah. But if you want more from it, then... then now the, you're talking about building an engine. Yeah, then you're putting rods in... One, one way or another, you're going to build an engine. Yeah. I do like that all of Nick's kits are designed to go on stock engines. Right. That's right. a really... Like, that's a good way to develop a kit like that. Yeah. Be- yeah. You buy well, it's it, the only way to cover your ass if you're selling the kit. And your adjustable market's a lot bigger, you know? Yeah. 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 Whereas you are more of a one-at-a-time kind of guy. Yeah. But that's okay, though. Yeah. I mean, but it, it'll do you unlike the favor fairy many at a time. Well, no, but you. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, you are a very smart guy. You've got a very cool shop full of very expensive cars and really cool tools, and you have smart people who work there. From what I've experienced, right. So you have you must have an ability to kind of, you know, convince some of these people to let you get creative on their car. Yes, yeah, uh, the best thing ever is um, getting to the point where. Somebody says treat it as if it's your own, mm-hmm. you know, and they just they they want you to build it the way because they they want a result. How they get to that result, sometimes they don't know, They're, you know. But we try to build balanced packages. Sometimes we go way overboard on yeah. one area, but that's what the customers asking. Like for. the mile cars, the mile cars. Those are strict exercises of 
essentially engineering and it's a strict exercise of how far can we push our production engines you know when we do yeah. we call it a hill climber our 3.8 liter turbo engine the bottom end's identical to our mile cars but i can offer a warranty on it because the horsepower is half right? right yeah and the, and you know and we what we, is the what is the consumer version of that engine get how much mean? power 800 at the ground 800 yeah. to the ground in a 996 turbo. Or 997. Right? Warrantied. Warrantied, yeah. That's exclusively the Metzgers? Oh, <laughs> yeah, exclusively to the Metzgers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we haven't pushed the new engine too far. Uh, we've have, we have two 4-liters running around right now, two of which are getting the crap beat out of them, and we just started a 991 Turbo S 4-liter. Here, whoa. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, here's a here's – so I – I mean, I, I almost don't want to repeat this because it is secondhand source, and I – and I'm, something may have been lost in translation, but the rough version of what I heard was that the en- the Porsches that engineer the, – the Porsche engineers didn't believe that a reliable f- engine over four liters was, was possible. Correct. And why do they think that, and why do you think that is not true, because that's what you're doing now? Um – Okay, so I I used to work for Porsche for the motorsport department. Um, I still have a good relationship with everybody there. They still say the same thing. And I believe that is based off of there's a company in Germany, I'm not going to mention, who is tied tightly to Porsche, Uh who has pioneered stroker kits. Does it sound like the sound a dog makes? No. When it barks? No, no, no. It's not, it's not them. It's not it's, – it wouldn't be a dog barking sound. But um, they they ran a company's piston that – we actually found the same exact result. Early on, we ran the same exact piston. Tur- turned out I heard through the grapevine. And when we pulled the engine back down after 20 hours of testing, we saw the same exact cracks, exactly where that Porsche engineer told me straight up the would piston happen. would fail. So we just went back and redesigned it. And we used another company. Oh, okay. And so now we're doing 4.25 liters. That's big. We did a 4 liter that they said would fail in a cup car. We built that engine in 2013. It won three champ- or two championships in POC and the you know, club racing. But I was going to say, you can't run a 4 liter in no, most but, but the guy, the guy, <laughs> the guy was just kicking the shit out of this car. Yeah. Uh, it made 4.96 at the tires. All wow. motor? All motor. Four liter. Yeah, wow. four ninety six. That's, that's ridiculous. So we ran this thing on MS one hundred nine. You know, like, <laughs> um, and he he ran it. The engines, the car is back at our shop today. Yeah, to take the engine apart to rebuild it again. One hundred and six hours. So Porsche's rebuild cycle is between. And is it? Do you have it apart yet? How does no, it we look? haven't taken it apart. Ooh, we're gonna have to wait. report back without. Hundred percent. This is yeah, like yeah, yeah. this is what we've we've been waiting to. What take is this one what's one hundred and six hours compared to a standard race engine rebuild? Twice. That, that's double. Yeah. So, except, so that's a double ex- stint for that. Except engine. you have to chalk it up to uh, in a club race situation. It isn't like Pat Long going out there yeah, and just yeah, trying yeah. to put it on pole every. You know yeah. what I mean? So. But you who, said he's winning. He's winning races. So it's not like he's fucking slacking off. Correct. Yeah, yeah, he's he's hammering the car as hard as a as hard as the local club race scene is gonna do, yeah. and, I, and and it is hard to compare it to, but that is kind of where we're going, and and I think I think if the reliability thing is, is if this works out well and we take this engine apart, there are no issues. But in the meantime, you've done you've that's not the only one of no, those. There's, you've there's done probably, a few there, of them. To me, there's a dozen sounds, of them running. Yeah, around. yeah. It sounds like a spurious argument because. It's not like there aren't other engine configurations that use big ass pistons. Mm-mm. It's not that unique. No, that you so couldn't why, be done. So 
but Porsche said it was not good because of an aftermarket piston failure in that configuration. They thought that the bore was too big, the liners are too small. So if you look at okay, was all, the, sorry, real fast, was the crack that they found in the piston or in the liner? In the piston. Okay. The crack was about ten millimeters outside the outer radius of the wrist pins on okay. the skirts on both sides. Okay. From piston crown flex. Okay. Um, because it's so a, it's basically a big they slug. said I mean, the uh, diameter of the piston was so big that it was flexing. They didn't get into details, but but, but that's we, the implication. That, essentially, we saw the exact same thing. That to me just just off the top of my head sounds like the skirt walls weren't thick enough. Is that really what it comes down to? Yeah, because you're trying to tighten that skirt up. You're trying to have as minimal skirt, and then the piston is only. I mean, it's it's not even this tall. You right. know, it's an They're inch and short. a half yeah, yeah. tall. So you can get a lot of piston rock, and then if you have the pi- bad, the rod the. You know, a short rod to a stroke ratio. If you don't raise that pin way high in there, you're getting tons of side load, right? So mm-hmm. if you have, yeah. let's say, let's say, okay, I'll just give some simple math. Uh, 1.59 rod to stroke ratio, it, you're going to get a lot of side load. So we try to go for 179 to 180, you know, rod to stroke ratio. So you can kind of figure out. Well, what that, my and then you also have the, the piston backwards. coming too far back down into the crankcase. Yeah, so. it, yeah exactly. And and as and when that rod's coming back around, you don't have that slide loading as it's coming mm-hmm. back. You know. You know, as a piston accelerates through its through its travel, you have a instead of a bell curve, you have a double bell curve. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. be, the crank has to spin. You have a, an acceleration, deceleration, then acceleration, then stop, and that's your dwell time. So right. you're trying to maximize dwell time and slow the rate of acceleration between points by increasing the length of the rod. Um, so you get you run into things like that because if it's if it's going side to the side to side too much, it's getting. You know, of side on explosion, yeah. it's getting shoved against one side and pushed the other way, and then and on the backstroke, yeah. uh, on the on strung up, it's getting shoved on the way the back wall, up. Right? It's getting pushed against a cylinder wall, it's, so you get it's a lot ping of ping pong ball, yeah, up and, the and then you get a lot of fatigue. And then so. I wonder if anybody's ever done like a honeycomb type design inside the inside the bottom of the piston. Yeah, so Porsche 962s have some of the 962s and endurance trim have a hollow dome that when the piston is at bottom dead center, there's a piston squirter inside the block. That the piston actually comes into, or the squirter goes, goes inside, inside the piston. of the piston. So you have to aim the squirters. It goes, and it, you know, you got you got probably twenty if, thou all around. And if you miss, you destroy the entire engine, right? Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you do it by hand. You walk yeah, the engine yeah, around yeah. and you, you center everything. But it, it filled the the crown of the piston full of oil for cooling, for endurance trim. Back in, I mean, what are we talking? Just, like eighties? Yeah, eighties, uh, not eight or yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, consumer cars didn't start doing that until ten years ago, right? I think are consumer cars doing that now? I have no, I don't know. Yeah, they're yeah. doing hollow piston crown. Uh, are they? All the a lot of the Jaguar stuff does. Really, hollow piston they, crowns? Uh, or, fuck pi- or no, 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 the oil squirters. Oil squir- oh, okay, yeah. yeah, oil squirters. But I'm saying the oil squirter literally the piston above the inside, center, of, it's the inside of it by a quarter inch, and it's yeah. and it's completely it's just dousing the entire and, thing. And then there's a there's a drain hole on the other side and. So with the with the new end, the new big bore or big fucking stroker, that's right. technically that's a stroker, stroke and bore. It's, yeah. it's a stroke and bore. Yeah, for four and a quarter. What does that one make? That car, it's made, it made the same as the mo- the race engine, the race version, four liter, the street version for four and a quarter makes. The yeah, same. and you know, same dyno numbers. You know, this is on a dyno jet, so they read yeah, high. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did it. We did the street engine on a Maha, and it made three sixty seven when it came to us. Stock trim, ninety-one octane through the cats. When we left, when we built the engine with cats on ninety-one octane, all we did is tweak the tune a little bit, you know, and uh, just to accommodate the larger displacement yeah. and fix the fueling and the air mass table. Yeah, it made three fifty-eight at the ground. 
Okay. So almost 100 almost 100. Yeah. And then we run it. We did uh, a, a proper exhaust system for the right. track and did um, uh, E85. And we were able to get 496 to the tires. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. You, so switching that engine to exhaust in E85 got you 150 horsepower? No, it went, it went up another 39 at the ground. Wait, wait. Was my, did I miss you? We switched between crank, ground, crank. No, 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 we didn't. We didn't. We switched from stock. Tell me the numbers. Stock, tell, just tell me the three numbers again. Stock, stock. was 367. Okay. Uh, essentially, stock bolt-ons, or, or 425 with the stock exhaust and right, fuel right. was 450 something, 450 and change. Oh, the second time you said 350. I did think. I say it? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think yeah, you right. said 350. Okay, sorry. I, that's so what I thought you were. Sad or I'm high yeah, and then we went or to, both. And then we went to 496. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. not high, so it's the control because yeah, I heard right. the same thing. So okay. yeah, you made the same confused sorry, face I did. My bad. Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, and then the exhaust, because the factory exhaust and the factory cats and everything, when we go to the track, they're, they're so restrictive. Right. We did a set of long tube headers and a proper track exhaust. Yeah. Any 85. Off-road race use only. Yes, and we were able to run tons of timing. And, and you can run 490. Unless you're Laguna Seca, and then you have to run it through a fucking tuba. Have you, uh, have you seen this, this Actually, fucking EPA bullshit? I have. What do you think about this? I, That's a good topic. That was There was a really good article up on uh, Ars Technica, which covers a lot of tech and car stuff. Uh-huh. And they basically blew the whole thing. Like, like the magazines are just doing it for fucking hits. It's all bullshit. Yeah, Johnny well, said on. the same thing. Yeah. Really? Yeah, Johnny I've was like, this laws the same thing, but it's still a serious thing. And it's still it break. seems like it could it's be still a serious thing. I'll, I'll send you the article. These guys, like, they do a lot of hardcore write up on this shit. They're like, no, this is, it's no big It deal. seems like they have the ban, the ability to ban the sale of, like, fucking catless downpipes. So if and it was, stuff if like it was that. complete bullshit, why, am I allowed to say that? Yeah. What? Yeah. Bullshit and. Yeah, fuck. Fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. shit. Cock, yeah, sock, complete, cock, cock sucker. Go ahead. Earmuffs, all, sorry. All seven, <laughs> don't celebrate all it. All seven of the yeah, dirty I was words. just going to say. <laughs> They're welcome here. Yeah. Chris, no. can you beer me? If, if, I mean, think about what If it was complete bullshit, would SEMA be putting out press releases? I mean, would they be, Would don't you think their guys would, would, would say bullshit? SEMA did. And SEMA called bullshit on it? Yeah, SEMA called bullshit on it. I thought SEMA but said they were signing petitions. SEMA was the that. one that said it was an issue. That's what yeah, I was saying. That's what I, that's what I, I didn't also. learn it from Jalopnik. It's a politicized so thing. thing. It's If you look at the if you start looking at the larger body of it, mm. like they're just going off this one little excerpt and making a big fucking thing out of it. Right. The thing, whole thing is for medium and heavy-duty vehicles. and So you can't race a truck? Yeah, can't basic, race a semi truck. Yeah, basically, that's, fun, that's fucking bullshit. Why no, can't no. I race a semi truck? Yeah. I want to blow black fucking smoke in a semi truck. Yeah, that's losing power. Remember what Banks said? That's, yeah, he did. It's the whole thing of. But the guy who it, started Chump Car is trying to start a semi truck racing series. Holy Not crap. even kidding. We are for real. He is legit. John from Chump Car is legit. Did you? Hey, he's got a Porsche. A did idea. you ever huh? see? Uh, a Porsche. Yeah. Did you ever see Mike Ryan's car that Banks built? Yeah. yeah, that thing was. I saw that at Pikes Peak a yeah, couple of times, and then the we, we did Optima Challenge, and he was out there at uh, at Spring Mountain just boiling. Were with you tires. Were you ever next to it? Yeah, you could feel the induction. Yeah, oh yeah, you could feel. Uh, yeah. You can feel it sucking the oxygen out of there. So I saw. It, I saw it in two forms. I saw it when when Banks had the big old blower on it, and yeah. it sounded like an F one car coming at you. And then I saw when Mike Ryan drove it. When they pulled the supercharger off, and they had like three compound the giant, turbos. Yeah, mm-hmm. the giant. Well, they had turbos. He had the like giant seven roots. stages of meth. He had yeah. a <laughs> giant roots blower on it, and then he had like two stages of turbos. Right, and then but that meth at three or four points. Yeah, the craziest shit so ever. Cool. But I that's what that Pike's Peak requires, right? Yeah. Tell me about Pike's Peak. Pike's Peak is amazing, um, and what an experience! You know, we we went out there. 
uh, for three years. You know, and uh, Zwart brought us a 997 GT3 Cup car, and he said, "Hey, I'd love to marry both um, my the GT2 RS he drove in the street street stock class, yeah, and yeah. then the record setting 997 Cup." <clears throat> He's like. I love the handling characteristics and the chassis of the cup, and I love the power of the turbo. So can, what can you do? You mean the car Porsche said so couldn't be built? So did you put turbos well, yeah. on the cup engine? No, no. We, we started over. Oh, we, okay. we built an entire power, power plant for that package. Which was what? It was a, it Actually, it was based – the block itself – well, it was kind of funky. So that engine is essentially kind of that 800-horsepower engine I told you about earlier. Uh-huh. So it's an overbuilt mule that has CNC-ported heads, bigger cams, 3.8, lar- little larger piston cylinders, strong rods, big head studs. I mean, it, it's a 911 engine. Right. It's a 911 turbo engine that just we made it's everything. A, it's a, is it a 3.6? It's a, no, it's a 3.8. Okay. So we put, instead of the aluminum cylinder liners, we have Preston ductile iron liners that are nickel coated Mala pistons. I mean, it's the ingredients are simple. Yeah. We have a CNC head program that we use to keep the port velocity up on the exhaust side. Um, and you guys port your own head? You guys do your own head work? Well, y- yes and no. So port work I send out to have machined, but we have those guys have our own programs on the, on the five-axis. Mm-hmm. Um, cleanup, setup, valves. Um, if we have to replace seats and guides, I don't have the, the capabilities of doing that in-house yet. But, but you're not, like, buying a high-performance head and putting it on a car. No, you're taking a you're, stock you're head. Ma- you're taking a stock head and making it a custom right. part. Yeah. Is that the preferred way to go always? There, there is no high-performance heads for these. They don't exist. It's not like the domestic market, you know, and I've thought about that. And then you have to look at the addressable Why market. aren't you selling fucking heads? Sell heads. Do you know the? Do you know what it would take financially to get a project like that launched? What does what a, really, a set of crazy? Porsche head course cost? Right now, I think yeah. you can look around this Austin and know that we don't know what it costs to get into that kind no, of. No, no, is it pot? Well, is it? Is it? <laughs> you would have to start with real. Porsche I drive a heads. Boxster every day. <laughs> no, but would you? Would, no, it, would you it, have to start with real Porsche heads? You have to start with like nine nine six turbo heads. The fun heads to start with, I like doing nine nine seven GT three Cup car heads. And if you if you're going for like nine hundred horsepower plus, you know we we shrink down the exhaust side a little bit, put you know just to keep that port velocity up. But those work so good. And what does a set of those fucking cost? The, uh, two years ago, it was probably thirty five hundred bucks a head, all fully assembled. And you have to buy two. Yeah. Okay. Now it's actually now? not no? that bad. Two years ago it was fine, but Wait, now, now now it's double. Seven Gs. Yeah, almost because seven Gs. there is a fixed number of these heads. Yeah, and that's what's and that's, what's that's it. And have they you... get raced, and eventually they go boom, and then that's that's the end. Of right. It. Have yeah. you ever considered like talking to one of these other guys that do their own castings, like a trick flow or somebody? I, I have. Yeah. I'm exploring it currently. I have explored it. There's a couple. I think there are some companies in Europe have done this. You know, with success. We gotta find a way to like bank you making I'm heads. In. Let's do it. There's nobody. Not a single fucking company makes a head for a Porsche. You might have one or two companies out in Europe somewhere I, that I've only heard of. Yeah. And if they're there, I want to buy them. I want to use them. <laughs> you know, I, I, I have a question. So, um, domestic market, you know, you can put it like you GT40 head. I have on, like I have like 5. 10 to 12 head options. You got a lot of head options. You can put a 32 car. valve head on a on a car that came with a 16 valve. You know, pickup power, blah blah blah. So if you put a GT3 Cup head mm-hmm. on. Can you put that on 
insert name of 911 engine. Can you put it on almost pick up any 50 horsepower, or do you have to build the pistons and then you have to build? No, the you, you have to this thing the bigger valve. You have to cut the pistons. <clears throat> you have to run different cam towers, different diameter of cam follower. I mean, it's just a yeah. mess from okay. from the head from the right. from the, actually so the cylinder, the head gasket up is a mess if you want to do that. Okay. And so it's not a plug and play. Lego no, so situation. we're working right now on modifying 996 turbo heads to flow just as good with. It would be probably half the price, just as good as a GT3 head, but enable or. Dude, uh, you must be able to, to make make a business case for selling heads. Yeah, a certain, just, if there's a fixed fucking number of them, yeah. they go. They they don't make any more. That's no, no, the I mean, end. I mean, you you're you're what keep me. What you're saying right now is what keeps me up at night. Oh my so god! I explored when you come down in the shop next. You got to see. I I took a CNC mill and cut. A head apart in different areas and yeah. different levels. I mean, it looks like Terminator's heart in there. It's amazing, but you guys got to check that. But out. But you're looking at probably eight to twelve million dollars to get an operation like that no, off the ground. I don't think it's that much. It I can't don't think possibly. I don't think a machine that shop of that size. So, uh, yeah, you, you're going to go to somebody who already does it, right? Yeah. And then you're going to yeah. have it designed, and then you're going to have, then you're going to figure out. So I, I think Are you figuring cast or, or billet cast. I, yeah. A billet, you'd have to do it in three sections. And you'd have to have it uh, married or something. You'd you know have what? to have. There's a sonic welding process where you clamp the two together and vibrate them. And there's a guy in Santa Barbara. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. Trust you, me. This is Iron I'm, Man. I'm, yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Uh, there's. Yeah. It's pretty. <laughs> I've cool. heard of that before. This what? guy does Model T heads, and they look like something that belongs on like a space Ooh. shuttle. Wait, wait, wait. We. Well, I mean, we know a guy who oh, needs boy. fucking Model T heads. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. We well, know the my, my one guy. My we buddy, know the one guy. My buddy Brian, who's going to get you a stroker engine, right, Brian? He's gonna. He, he that's his friend. He knows oh, who does guy. Model T heads? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Maybe and you can do a two for like, deal. Wait, and they look awesome, like a race yeah, head on a Model oh, yeah. T. Yeah. Oh, John Bothwell will be so five, excited. Five axis CNC milled. Is, He'll be uh, so that's why excited. I started thinking. Brian's looking at. Brian's in the domestic market. He's looking at me like you guys. You're an idiot. Just make some heads. Yeah. You know, he's like, I'm going to put you in touch with the guy. The guy's like, that's complicated. You're gonna have to do this, 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 and I'm like, oh, I don't have the money for that. What well, about what about the metal 3D printing at this point? I mean, I know those are super expensive, but it's still cheaper than setting up a foundry and working out a deal and or doing uh, billet heads. Funny you say. We're working. A lot of our exhaust components are now laser centered. Yep. They're 3D printed. Our collectors, really? Our collectors, our head flanges are 3D printed. Yeah. Cool. Inconel. I mean, you can drive a car on top. Oh, of you're, I didn't know you were doing them in Inconel. Yeah. What? Oof, yeah. Really? Is this, so you worked for you know Porsche Motorsport like yeah. ten years ago. Did you even know about three D printing? Nope. And, and now, does this blow your mind? Like Absolutely. as far as the, the foundation? Yeah. So this is actually a guy, it's a friend of mine who has the machine. That you know, it's like you walk into his place. It's like a lab. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's you know you got to have the, the gloves and the everything. And like when, when they put in the nano metal in there, it's it's in. Sealed containers in a vacuum with nitrogen and really, so it's, what, it's like it's, Doc it's, Brown putting plutonium into the door. Him and I were just yeah, exactly. Him <laughs> and I were just talking the other day. We're gonna make a video and I want to put it out yeah. there just to, just for pure geek factors. Can yeah. I come film it? Would you? Yeah, sure. Where right. is it? It's not even twenty miles from here. Oh yeah, let's go. That All sounds right. fun. I'm in. I'll, I'll do that. That sounds but, great. So we're doing a nine nine one set of headers for a race car, and and he thrills gonna three D print the headers. Well. All of our all of our turbo headers will be three D printed. All of our turbo manifolds. What is the advantage? I just want to ask what the advantage is. I don't have to. First. I you mean you don't have to pay for um, tooling? Oh yeah. Well, you, of course. You, you, that you can have your, your, the shapes are yeah. are led to imagination. You you aren't confined by. By you know, what like, a mandrel bender yeah, can like do. Yeah, like you want a 1D radius on a mandrel bender and you're going to get kinks. But I mean, you can do a 1D radius. So, but if you need to go tighter, you can actually open the tubing up 
to compensate for a tight radius so you don't have flow loss. The coolest flow, thing you, you can see is like sick. You, you ever can see put like a turning veins inside of a header if you want it, dude. Sick. Yeah. I mean, you, anything you can How think expensive of. is that though? It's what do expensive. you what do you sell those headers for? A set of those? I haven't actually actually our the the 425 that we did has a, has a set. But that's just like your practice set. That's that was not the, that was the prototype. A, yeah. That was just you know. But the head flanges—they literally look like something you see on an F1 car coming off the head. The transition's beautiful. It's all webbed. It's just there's awesome. the steps of the tube slides into it. Then you weld it, and the inside wall is perfectly smooth. It's that's just, awesome. That's the stuff that they, I geek out so on. So do you just like laser scan the entry and exit points, and then you can kind of do whatever like in between that? No, it's like it's kind of old school. We we take and we measure everything, and we you know, and you you, you build it from you build it. In space uh, in CAD, you know, it's, it. and then you, well, lately we've been using the Faro arm a lot on the 991 Turbo, uh-huh. so we're building an entire turbo package out of that. Which the manifolds, the hangers, everything's all going to be 3D printed, and then we're going to cool. take sections of these 3D printed parts and weld those together in a fixture, you know. So you can do many uh, on the tables are small; they're eight by twelve, you know, or yeah, yeah, you know. So <clears throat> you, you have to be creative. How you're doing it? And then, can you make your like your tow links and stuff, like all your all no, your the, suspension components? You, you out could, of that you too? could, but it still doesn't make sense yet. You know, financially, right now, yeah. Billet's still the you okay. know, billet's where you go. Right that now. and I'd imagine that that's that process might be a little more brittle too. No, I mean, I mean, like I said, that collector, yeah, is forty thou wall, and you can drive a car over the thing. When I face them on my grind, my apex what? wheel, yeah, when you just face the end, it destroys the sandpaper. Wow, Inconel, it's like rocket nozzle. Oh, stuff. that's right, you're crazy. Inconel. Yeah, this stuff is unreal. so that's, but that's going to be super expensive. You're talking about like a fucking six thousand dollars set of headers, right? At least, yeah, at least six thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, I think Woo! that's very conservative, Matt. Yeah, is that very conservative? That is. What, what are you, 12, 10, 12? Dude, no, you like, I, I think, and you, everybody's going to think I'm crazy, but $9,000 for a set of headers. But guess what? I get to offer a lifetime warranty but, on them because I know they're not breaking. You know, and, yeah, yeah. and people, or you can go to our competition who makes these beautiful titanium headers, you know, and... and I mean, Larry, you know, Larry's, uh, my friend Larry has a 964, mm-hmm. and when he told me what he paid for an exhaust that is a, a very nice brand name exhaust that a lot of people have heard of, and mm-hmm. I don't need to plug them, but... He said it was six thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and that is almost the cost of the entire engine in my car. Right. <laughs> like, and the grand know. irony being is that a you Porsche know. exhaust is one of the smallest exhaust runs you'll ever have. Right. It's but, like, but, it's but like, here's the here's the here's the rub, and this is what always got me early on is that uh, typically on a Porsche exhaust, there's no straight pipe. So if you want to put it on a mandrel bender, you always have to have about six inches of grip to to take your next radius. Mm-hmm. And if if you have like our exhaust systems for a turbo. There is no straight section that doesn't have something in it, whether it's a not bend, a single straight not a, bit, not, not a single straight bit that's not a radius to a radius to yeah, a radius yeah, to yeah, a muffler yeah. to a radius to a tip. I mean, I think our tips have maybe four inches, but what are you going to do? I mean, you're going to, but you know, so everything has to be pieced together from mm-hmm. mandrel bends. Yeah. You can't, you know, unless. So in like, the past, would these be individual little pieces that get welded together, and now it's just one now you piece? can now you can take six different radiuses and turns and bend them around a corner and then have that then weld another junction to that and go from there you know there's no way these aren't significantly better than normal headers in terms of how they flow not just how they're made right this ha- it has to be if the difference is is prefixed bend angles and stuff like that with welds compared to this but think about it if once <clears throat> once the price of this starts to come down by being able to manufacture things in that manner, it's going to take the cost of labor down, right? 
course. It's going to take the time down, so I can also bring the price down. I can get the price if I keep pushing hard. I think we can get the price down to a set of beautiful tubular headers yeah, that, yeah. that somebody's going to make for a race car. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's well. Like, and at a certain point, you'll be able to make the shit in house too. Well, and, well and, and then if I mean, you're if really the pri- well, if the price comes down, <clears throat> why wouldn't you buy a 3D printer? Right, you just fucking make them. But then if you're also if you're another big shop that says like does domestic V8 stuff, right. you can literally have an automated assembly line doing it instead of people by doing it by hand too. You know, it'd be sick if there was like a little kiosk. In the mall, mm-hmm. that was like a Summit <laughs> Racing 3D printer kiosk, and you I would pr- I could you press just plug your file. I can press headers three four three zero two, and it'll go. Nier, 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 and go Thank you very much, and I'd walk home. It would be the great. You know what? You laugh. Here, wait, but in what, twenty years, yeah. you'll have that printer in your garage. No, but here's perspective, right? I'm sitting here in your office, which is a beautiful office, and I'm pretty impressed. I don't know how you did it, but I'm pretty impressed. You're the only person in history to be impressed with this fucking yeah. shithole. But I'm playing it's because he saw what we I'm used pl- to do. I'm playing Forza, right? And yeah. what did I tell you? Holy shit, this is a long way from Excite Bike. You were like, I was like, do you want to play some Forza? And you're like, ah, I fucking suck at this. And I was like, no, 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 I swear you'll have fun. Yeah. And you had a big smile on your face. Yeah, I was Forza. geeking out, yeah. Forza is like amazing now. But I'm saying, like, the, the in our lifetime, we saw it go from Excite Bike, 8 bit, yeah. right, to that. I fucking loved Excite Bike. Me too. Who, did, you, who didn't? I loved Excite You know, and like, then you went to Mario. We're the same age, right? Are you 34? I'm 35, yeah. Okay, yeah, give or take. Yeah. Excite Bike was the shit. Oh, yeah, and then you went to James Bond, the, the GoldenEye. N64, you know? GoldenEye. Right, but did you ever imagine 3D printing metal into a finished product right off out of powder no, and laser in no. a vacuum and some some different gases? But I'm so glad you're, but, yeah, like, that people are finally making practical things with 3D printers because it seemed for a minute like it was like they could make, you know, the ones that like we see at, techn- mm-hmm. at CES and shit, whatever. They make like little bullshit. They don't make it. They didn't make anything that was like a real fucking part. And right. now, it's like, like I get it, you can make a dildo, like another dildo. Right. <laughs> no. Awesome. But, yeah, uh, but they're custom dildos. They're based on your dick. Yeah, but like eventually you're gonna. I mean, veins yeah. are like fingerprints. I get it, but uh, I. Well, I think the interesting thing is people today, like kids and stuff, that grow up with 3D printers in their brain. Right. Like in 20 years, they will treat it the way we treat Excite Bike. Like. We saw video games getting somewhere because they're not going to stay at Excite Bike. Yeah. But for us, like you never even thought like powder goes through a machine and then turns into an exhaust system. What are you talking about? Right. Well, and you know it, what? It's all the sci-fi shit in the '60s mm-hmm. saw this shit coming though. Yeah, and and you know like you know five years ago, four years ago, when I had a 3D printed um, prototype part out of plastic. Oh on, yeah, I remember your product. intake manifold. Yeah, that like, sat in your fucking room showroom for like four years. Right. So you yeah. see something like that, and you're back in the day. People are like, oh my god, that's, that's so cool. Now they're like, huh, I just I was at Home Depot. I just printed out a cell phone cover, idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's how fast it's happening. Yeah, you know, and and I think it's pretty amazing. And so you have those kind of things. I think you have to embrace. You have to, you yeah. know, especially in our industry, you have to take advantage of those type of things because tooling is expensive. You know, mm-hmm. it's, when you're talking about you know modifying hundred and fifty thousand dollar cars, mm-hmm. sometimes modifying two hundred and fifty thousand dollar cars, right? You'd think, or at least the general population would think, that there's no way a car like that could be built to cost. Right. You know what I mean? They must use the best shit. They mm. must. You know what yeah. I mean? Could common sense would say, from spending two hundred grand a car, they must have the best shit. And for the most part, you drive one, you go, yeah, they pretty much do. Mm-hmm. But like, what you know? What kind of things are worth replacing and upgrading that are like clearly just built to cost? Well, that's a good question, and this is going to sound like a manufactured answer. So people ask me, well, you know, sometimes, especially people's friends, 
well, what do you, you know? Who the per, the person brought the Porsche in? The guy doesn't. He's not a car guy. It's like, what could these kids possibly know more than Porsche? And my 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 manufactured response is, I don't know more than Porsche. Not a chance. I've worked for them. I've seen what they can do. Yeah. Look at the RSR. Look R- at the nine nineteen. They're R and D budget. Look at they just won Le Mans. Look at their <laughs> yeah. the nine eighteen. Look at the RSR. The GT three R. Look at that. That's when Porsche wants to flex, and they come out and they say, Hey, here we go. But when they're building something for the masses. To be sold at dealerships to run a hundred thousand miles, they leave stuff on the table for us. It's a it's a great canvas for us to exercise. They leave, I mean, just in, in just in the piston manufacturing alone. I mean, people think, what, how, how are you how are you designing a better? I'm not designing a better piston. I'm calling the manufacturer who made those pistons and say, pull out all the stops. Yeah, yeah. I only want to make ten sets. Yeah, yeah. Fine, I don't care. I'll pay double. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Those are the things that we don't know anything more. We just know what worked in the past. Say, hey, take everything they cut cost on and don't cut the cost. And not even about them. What have you learned in motorsport for the last 10 years? That was yeah, the conversation yeah, yeah, I had yeah. with my manufacturer. They, they build Le Mans winning diesel engines. They build Le Mans winning NA engines. They build Le Mans winning turbo engines. So pull out all the stops. Well, I think the best example you could possibly come up with is pretty much every car sold. You put a better, bigger camshaft in it, and it's going to make a lot more power. Right. But your average person is not going to want to deal with it. And more than that, you you have to build something in within a box. You have stricter emissions compliance now. Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and when you take a car that's and you a street give a car, shit about fuel economy, right, which but, you don't. So we're not catering to those people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although our turbo engines make more power, they're more efficient. When you're not on the boost, when you're not on boost, you you have a more efficient mill, more efficient Do engine. Do your cars get better fuel economy than stock? When you're on the, the highway? The turbo cars do. When you do build they? the engine up and you do the head work right and you put the big cam in it, when you're on the highway, you get you get better mileage. Do when you? Yeah. So when I'm driving the, the, the cars to Vegas and back during Optima Challenge or for for uh, for SEMA, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm like, holy crap, you know? So. Well, yeah. When we met up, you said you got like 34 or something like that. I, I, I 34? Went, I, I went back. I, oh pumped it, I pumped it out. It was it, – it, the dash was reading that. But yeah. then – <laughs> It was a little off. It was off because <laughs> Jared, when I got packed, I'm like, Jared, this thing got such good mileage. He goes, idiot, we put bigger injectors in it. The computer doesn't know that at 11 milliseconds, it's spraying double the fuel. Yeah, so yeah, we okay. pumped it out. It, w- it was only like 8% better. Okay, Still but that's 8%. Something. 8% yeah. is something. But 30, I was stoked. You remember when I told yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, you were like, <laughs> we did 34 miles to the gallon. So what was it really, like 25? It was like 24 miles to the gallon, yeah. For a car that's with right. how much power? It on boost makes 800. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Yeah. Reasonable. Yeah, but balancing uh, the engine, you know, it really makes you want to laugh I'll, at people who drive way. rotaries, doesn't My, it? Uh, no. <laughs> the Fiesta I drove here averages 23. What is it? Fiesta ST. Yeah. Averages 23 miles per gallon. Yeah, but think about Well, that. but a Porsche yeah. is more aerodynamic. A Porsche is lighter. But that, well, maybe not lighter. Yeah, that's so too, just perspective, though. It's yeah, just like, yeah. This crazy car does 24 miles per gallon. But think, think about something. It's How do you make horsepower? Make things more efficient, right? Yeah. So when you're not using it, the engine's working less to create the same power. I mean, I might sound – I'm just trying no, to I think simplify that, it. I right? mean, you tell me, but th- that makes sense, right? right. Isn't, doesn't it? So when we put an exhaust, yeah. no, I shouldn't even say exhaust. Let's say we but put, if you a, put um, like a diesel, if you put like crazy injectors in a fuel pump, mm-hmm. isn't it? Tell me something. How how does a diesel engine? You know, like I had an O4, don't ask me. I had, to tell I had, you I had an O four. I, <laughs> I had an O four Duramax, my favorite truck ever. Uh huh. Literally cut the exhaust off, did straight pipe, and put a tune in it. Yeah. The mileage was like insane. I better, insane, way better, better mm-hmm. way better. Did you put an economy tune in it, or did no, you put a horsepower tune in it? I put, I put balls it. out. I want to break things in. <laughs> you know, it was like we were – And it got better? Luckily, I didn't have a EGR 
gauge on it because I would have been a lot more conservative. But oh. I mean, I, that that stupid truck, I could go 121 miles an hour in it until I ran out of gear, <laughs> and, and you know, and I was you know, beating the you know, you could go 90 miles an hour with a huge load, with a on huge it. trailer, and the I've thing done would that get before. better mileage fun. after you put the tune and cut the exhaust off. There's yeah. there's but nothing the, fucking you, scarier than 100 plus miles an hour with like a 48 foot I've fifth wheel. You have it? No. Oh, oh I, just like a train. I once, when I, in the early Wild West days of Gotham Dream Cars, I went about 112, 115 miles an hour with a 48-foot fifth wheel on a Dodge 3500 and a Gallardo and a 430 in the trailer. I've got a customer who lives somewhere in the Midwest. I'm not going to say who he is, but he's that guy. <laughs> yeah, he'll have both of those cars in the back. And he'll give yeah, a fuck. Nope. He's 100 plus. Very stable. Yeah. Really? Calls I up mean, banks and goes, I need your 800 horsepower package for my Silverado. Very yeah. stable. Yeah. Um, is it break time? Yeah, it's break time. Is it break? I, my bladder says it's break time. All right, we'll be back in a minute. All right. Oh, you know what I did when I got up this morning? I showered with some Harry's face wash. That's right. I can't talk about razors that often because I don't. I shave like once a week. And when I do, it's brutal. The th- hair's all thick, and I have to use a fresh blade every single time. That means I go through blades a lot. That means I hate going to the drugstore. And that means I use Harry's. They send fresh blades right to your house whenever you need them. You can sign up as a club type of deal, and they'll send you stuff every month. You can order a la carte. They got gray blades. They got face wash. They got shaving cream. They got a couple different handles. They got all the good stuff. Say goodbye to money down the drain. Say goodbye to going to the drugstore to buy razor blades. And check out Harry's. They bought a razor factory in Germany, and they've been crafting some of the world's highest quality blades for almost a century. By cutting out the middleman, Harry's offers an amazing shave at a fraction of the price of drugstore brands. Shipping is free, and the blades go direct for their, from their German factory straight to your door at factory direct prices. Say goodbye to choosing between expensive brands or cheap disposables, and say hello to Harry's. High-quality blades at a price you'll love. Go to harrys.com right now and enter code TIRE at checkout. To get $5 off your first purchase, get a month's worth of shaving for just 10 bucks with code TIRE at checkout. That's harrys.com, code TIRE. We love hearing from you, so keep sending your tweets and comments. We read every single one of them. And don't miss this chance to take our very important listener survey at podcastone.com. Your responses will help us make this show the very best it can be, and you'll help Podcast One continue granting your requests. It'll only take about three minutes of your time, and you'll get the instant gratification that comes with knowing you help support the show. This is just as important as supporting our sponsors. You can tell us how you really feel about the show and help us get to know you better. Do it now. Take the survey at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com, and keep those tweets and comments coming. Forza Motorsport 6, they got the best racing games out today. From the circuit-based racer Motorsport 6 to the open-world freedom of Forza Horizon 2, Forza has something for any true car fan. In Forza Motorsport 6, they've got all the newest supercars from the Lycan Hypersport, the Koenig 1-to-1, vintage supercars and race cars like the Ferrari 250LM. They're adding new cars all the time. Hit us up at TST Racing to uh, race against us online. Someone commented recently that my drivatar crashed into them. Don't say I didn't warn you. He is a bit of a dick. Forza Motorsport is the official video game of the Smoking Tire. It's available exclusively for Xbox One and, and online, leading online retailers and electronics stores nationwide. 
And if you're visiting Los Angeles anytime soon, check out at the Peterson Museum, the Forza Motorsport Racing Experience. It's dope. They got a bunch of simulators down there. Yeah, they got like five, six machines at least. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, slash The Smoking Tire. And, of course, uh, leave us a comment on iTunes if you use that, or a rating on iTunes if you use it. Uh, new One Takes, Monday through Thursday, on our YouTube channel. They have been doing very, very well. And, of course, our movie, All Cars Go to Heaven 2, where we buy some beaters, drive them across the desert, bring a Model T along. Destruction, hilarity ensues. It's available exclusively on Vimeo at thesmokingtire.com slash film. There's also the two-pack with the first All Cars Go to Heaven. There is, indeed, a two-pack if you buy both for 10 bucks, And I think you can rent both for 7 bucks. Um and, of course, lastly, but certainly not leastly, Dylan Optics is the official eyewear of the Smoking Tire. Uh, go to thesmokingtire.com and uh, click on the Dylan banner, browse around their website, and if you see something you like and you buy it and you used our link, I'll send you a free Smoking Tire t-shirt as a way to say thank you to the people who support the people who support us. Now we're back. Okay. We were, we were mid-conversation, but we were talking <clears throat> about the idea for the PDK Don't Be a Hero shirt. I worked at a job in in uh, in New York, like, before I did any of this car shit, and we were, like, a branding company, and we would, like, rebrand these sort of mid-level fashion companies. Mm. doesn't matter. The point is we had a machine to print, you know, to you could make custom T-shirts right then and there. You'd have nice. a design, you'd print it out, you'd fucking press it in the shirt, done. You'd have it, and it wasn't for volume or anything, but, like, I could make one-off shirts in 30 seconds. And so we should just make them for ourselves. I mean, I want to buy this machine. I think it's oh, it's, a, it's only like a couple hundred bucks. Really? Yeah, yeah. A t-shirt, like a t-shirt press, like a what, heat transfer. You know what? That's a really good idea. Here, here's what you do: is you make the ones that you really like, and then the ones you get the most responses from then on the video. You sell them. Then, yeah. See, that's probably a better way to sell t-shirts than the way we're currently doing it. Yeah, because then you know what's <laughs> and then you're not printing a bunch of things that maybe aren't yeah. that. Popular. I made I, I got I got fucking real stoned one day mm. and at work <laughs> because I gave a shit about this job, well, of course. And I made an entire T-shirt line of derelict by Mugatu <laughs> T-shirts. That's amazing. <laughs> I made like five or six different. Shirts That's awesome. Like Do they sell? No, no. I just made them and gave them to my friends and uh, stuff. I'm gonna amazing. guess this is when you had the mini, isn't it? Uh, no, seemed, this was before that, but not by much. I gave I was one to say, It seems like of an Gear. era. Of I, a, wore, a I wore era. one. Uh, yeah. I wore one of them to the the U.S. Top Gear pilot, which I got I got invited to. Oh, uh, Nervine. Yeah, yeah, and Rutledge was like, "Oh my god, that's the greatest <laughs> thing!" And I uh, I sent it to him, and he he fuck he uh, he said he would give me a plaid shirt. That fuck. Uh, he trade was going to trade me plaid for the derelict shirt. He never did. Which is good plaid you're rocking right now. I know this style is blatantly ripped off from the Esquire stylist who dressed Hello. me for Car of the Year, <laughs> which is blatantly ripped off from the year of 1992. Mm -hmm. It's all a circle. See, I, hey, we we Nirvana. get to refresh that wardrobe. We're old enough now. This is the first recycle of the wardrobes that we had when we were younger. Yeah, but bell bottoms are going to show up, and I'm going to be fucking mad. I can't wait for Jinkos to come back. Oh man, we, dude. I've seen women wearing giant jeans again. Really? Are Jinkos coming back? I mean, giant jeans, like the, all the way up here? Uh, no, 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 no. Well, but with mega baggy pants. Oh, really? Yeah. I've I seen mean, a couple of girls doing them. When we were in high school, but yeah. Tim, but you, did, were, did Jinkos really make it to California? Where did you go to high school? I went to school up in Washington. In Washington. State. Yeah. Did, were, were, were there Jinkos? They were here. I didn't know anything. I think they, they were, were made I here. I didn't know anything about anything in high school. All I cared about was doing burnouts out of my Mustang. Really? <laughs> I, had, like, I had three friends. 
You know, are you and Zach the same person? Were you <laughs> just a big nerd? Because now was. you're like good looking and cool. Uh, you got a hot wife. Yeah, true. You do. Yeah. And no. you're expecting child, aren't you? I am. That's fucking I am. crazy. We're old. May, first week of nice May. Job. I'm going to have a little, Scary little, shit. little boy. I'll bring him on the show. What color do you think he's going to be? That's it. <laughs> what? So, pets? so so there are they're not really pets, but his so, wife is the whitest the whitest white person that there is. As California okay. surfer <laughs> yeah. chick looking blonde hair, seal beach, grew up, raised everything as you could think, and here I am, hairy, tan, you know, unibrow. Are there under- bets on what color the baby's gonna be? So, er, they're all saying that you got your genes are gonna take over. Well, what's you know? Vegas? I, we saying? do have the brown what? people have the dominant gene, right? Well, yeah, the brown yeah, we do. But you might get lucky. You might get like a tan with blonde hair or like I really hope we get lucky and that baby gets nothing of me. <laughs> I hope it's all from her. Yeah. You know, I said that same thing to my girlfriend. Yeah. You know, we we've had it's not like we're having kids or anything, but like it's come up and I was would like, Would you just do it so we can all of our kids can play and we can Well I was like I want beer. I would adopt a kid and yeah. she was like, Why would you adopt a kid? And I was like, Because I'd like to pass on nothing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, all the physical things about me are terrible. <laughs> You're like, I'm like, just crossing my fingers I get all of yeah. her genes. And I was like, I know like she's really pretty yep. and you know, she's very she's athletic and ever, all the good things. She has all the good things and I have none of them. And what I if you just have want... someone impregnate her? <laughs> That's another topic. That's for another show. That comes on after midnight. Yeah, <laughs> different podcast. Yeah. It's like Dana Gould. He, he adopted. He's like because my wife's uh, my wife's family history is terrible, and my balls are filled with poison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the line, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but where were we going with that? I don't know. We're talking about high school. Oh, so high school. Oh, I graduated yeah. when I graduated high school. I think I was five three. Fuck off. Really? Yeah. And I didn't really actually – yeah. So I was 5'3 when I was about 17, 18 years old. And I didn't really gr- – I grew like in I, in the last – in three years after that, I grew like three feet – or th- sorry, th- I grew a foot and yeah, gained like three feet. Pounds. Well, you guys don't know, but Tim is eight foot six. Yeah. Yes. yeah Shaq and I kick it. We haven't mentioned this yet. No, but the reason why this always gets brought up <laughs> is that my Mustang seat – I bolted it down because my rails broke. Uh-huh. I had a 67 Mustang. I actually still have it. It hasn't run since 99. But that's the car that got me into this whole mess. And my seat is still bolted at the 5'3 the f- level. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, my, my buddy won. That car is pretty sad looking. But, you know, earlier you were playing Forza. Zach brought up Ken Block's car, and you said that you thought that was just about the coolest thing in the world. And, oh, my God, you have a fucking shell of an old Mustang sitting in your yard. And you, you do, have, and you, you have, have wrenches, opportunity and, and wrenches, wrenches and I have although apparently can't unbolt the seat. You have the opportunity to build your own unicorn, knowing what you know. Would you, know, you ever consider yeah. putting a Porsche motor in your Mustang? Nine nine six. I don't think. How would that work? Here, here's the deal. I'm going to tell you a quick story. I got. We were just talking about getting your race license. I got it up. Yeah, I yeah. got my SCCA race license up in Washington State, and I was driving my nine forty four. I had a. Well, I was 21 years old. I worked for Greg Fordall, and he pushed us to buy an $800 944 and built the roll cage, got Tonys on it, and I went ITS racing with it. It was the most fun I ever had. And my first race ever, I got second place, and I thought I was like, oh, this is what, I'm, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I'm going to be a race car driver. Uh, there was a guy out there, and I had my Mustang at the time, who had, a, had an old Mustang, like I think it was a 65, that had every single 
badass component that I, I could ever dream of having in my Mustang. The entire Summit catalog. Every, the, the whole, like, subframe connectors, coilovers, different control arms, big brakes, wide, you know, it had fender flares. It looked like a, a Trans Am on crack, you know, and, yeah. like, or a Trans Am Mustang on crack. So I drove around the outside of him on a corner, and it broke my heart. I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, because all I want to do is make a road race Mustang, yeah, yeah. and then and then literally the car never ran after that, and I started rethinking it. So this is what I w- would love to build. I'd love to call Craig Morrison, get a Morrison chassis, yes. and just mm-hmm. do this. The, I would put the craziest, cammiest, gnarliest NA nine thousand, eight thousand RPM engine in it, yeah, just so I can hear the thing cam. That's why you're like put a Porsche engine in it. Like if I'm in a Mustang and I've got low back seats and a big spaghetti steering wheel. I want that thing like yeah, shaking shake an inch over. and a half in each yeah. direction, camming. I agree, and I want to do a burnout through third gear. Like mm-hmm. even if the LS is the more efficient and or whatever yeah. option, like that's why I have that old ass motor in my Mustang because right. I want it to sound like the fucking one I had in high school. Right, and I'm not say, I'm not cutting my old early Mustangs. I'm not saying anything bad about them. I'm just saying Dude, that all those cars are shit boxes. Yeah, they're all yeah. shit boxes. Well, okay, let's so be real. The, the simple fact that I'm still alive after doing <laughs> yeah. the stupid shit that I've done in that car they with four wheel drum brakes that yeah. I had back. Then I can't believe it. Do you, you know? know Cortex Racing no. up in Sonoma? He, uh, Philip owns yeah. it, but he builds, he runs two world challenge cars. He builds a suspension for You might have raced against him at Optima. He's an Optima regular. Possibly. He runs, he has like a maroon red a 66 coupe. Yeah, I know exactly. Mustang. I know the car. You know the car. Oh, yeah. Giant moved back. Yeah, he, LS yeah. power. Yeah. That's like the fastest Mustang coupe. Possibly in the world, and Mike Meyer also, uh, who which Meyer racing Meyer is awesome. Awesome. And his Mustang is his Mustang so was sticky. my favorite car at Optima Challenge. It's yeah. that car is incredible. Yeah. Like both, is that the so one with the cantilever suspension in there? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's and, a cool and car. it's got a straight. It's got a dog box in yeah, it. It's yeah. got a fucking I Roush really racing eight hundred horsepower. That's car. that's what I think. I'd I'd love to you know, his, but that, and that guy can. I rode with him in a canyon road. We were filming. He's like. Power sliding past Redwoods, and I'm wearing a lap belt, and he's just – he's got it. He's the fine. The guy is a wheel man. Great driver. Him and I were talking out there. It's so funny. I'm jumping topics. But he – I was like, I'd love to drive your car. He goes, yeah, and I'd love to relax in yours. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just, just messing with me, you know. But, uh, you know, it's it takes – like I was watching him at Laguna Seca at a qualifier and watching him hustle the living shit yeah. out of that poor car. I mean, I was like, that's, I've a, seen, that's I, talent. I've seen very him drive. Talent. It's very impressive. But I, sorry. Well, so both both of those guys have said, because I filmed with both of them multiple times from Big Muscle, and they've said that Mustangs of that era, all the measurements were different. Like, you know, an inch variation between body panel holes wow. and stuff when yeah. they're installed. So that's why when Phillips bolting on suspension and subframes and stuff, it's like you have to bring your car in because we where, my, where they bolt on on my car could be different than yours. Yeah. And he'll make it. I mean, you've seen his red car. Like, yeah. it's probably the quickest thing out there. Yeah. But – and he ran down a Challenge 430 at Sonoma. But, like, that's kind of the ceiling of that car. And then if you have anything faster than a 430 Challenge, which plenty of cars are, like, you're going to run circles around that just because the plat- the starting – Unless, so, you're, unless you're dropping that Mustang body on a tube frame purpose-built yeah, gig. Exactly. Yeah, because and, I – And he has a six-point cage in his car. The seats move back. He's got LS power. He's got yeah. aero. Like – it's wide. I mean, th- have you that seen the uh, the guy who did the NASCAR Carve Tomorrow chassis and then chopped and channeled a, a Chevelle body on it? No. And it's like kind of a seven eighth scale Chevelle Jeez. on top of a fucking. Can you pull it up, Zach, and show him? It's the crit. It is. I mean, it's really the meanest, nastiest fucking thing that you know you've ever seen. Well, I had uh, Bodie on Hooniverse, and that's what they were getting ready to put out is their drop on. For the Mustang, for the early Mustangs, they've got that whole chassis that's just manufactured right but out. But you kind of want a Fox body, don't you? 
You kind of okay. do. I, I do. Because a Fox bike doesn't feel like an, a car that's that old. So my one of four friends in high school, Big Johnny, we call him Moose. He's bigger than you. Uh, he, he, had a, he had a Fox body. And the man, I think to date, this was back in 99, well, actually 97 through 98. He could drift better than anybody I've ever met. Better, we used to call it getting bent because there was no such thing as drifting. There was no such thing as drifting. And we grew up in the Northwest, so we drove in the rain. When it rained, we'd go as hard as we could. By default, you drifted. Yeah. And so we, that was our pastime. You know, we never did drugs. We didn't drink. We didn't do any of that shit. We were the geeks. All we cared about was doing burnouts and getting sideways everywhere. That's great. And he had the, the, the Fox body, and we could do 90 miles an hour, like, side by side through this. There's this <laughs> road up there called Coal Creek Parkway, and the big, long, beautiful sweepers, and we would just rip through them, and um, that's where, actually where I learned car control. I was driving like an asshole. You got Harrison looking up streets in yeah, the background. Yeah, Harrison, look at that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But, Sam, look at this. Look at this thing. This is a Chevelle. So, right. the, the, it's, short, awesome. it's shortened and lowered, and it's on a car of tomorrow frame, and, like, big... Beastie ass tires. See, that's my idea of a build, right? right? And that so my Mustang, I, it's a sad looking shell there, the poor little thing. But I know I don't think that I'm gonna, I don't think I'm gonna do until I actually can commit time and, and money to it. I'm not gonna do, go set world records with it. I'm not gonna do anything. I just want to build something that like scares the shit out of me. Yeah, and, yeah. and I don't care if I'm fast or not. I want big lumpy cam. I want burnouts. Yeah. I want to be able to have a good. You'll time. You'll be happier with that because I I filmed like fifty cars for Big Muscle, and a lot of people do the pro the pro touring thing. They're mm-hmm. trying to chase down whatever, and even the best cars out there, like Jimmy Day's car or uh, like Mike Myers' car stuff, like Miro. Right. You if you get a a good Miro like nine eleven, like a, a GT three, or you know like a, even a Camaro one LE, like you're probably gonna beat these cars because it's just you're trying to turn into something brand new. And so it's more. I think it's more fun. I love muscle cars, man. I grew up in a muscle yeah. car club. Like I had a '65 Pontiac. Like just make it loud, do burnouts, and then have a track car over there. Yeah, it's just separate. Yeah, like my 944. I think I had all of three grand in it. Yeah, know? and the thing was, the thing was fast on track. You know, I was running down 911s in it. You know, if you can hustle the poor little car, you although you'd boil an engine every second time and go to the junkyard and buy another one, but you know, it's like. My my Mustang is totally fast enough to have a good time, and I can spin the tires on demand in second gear. I think your Mustang's a different story, though. That, Why? Because your your Mustang is like a freak of nature. It's as white. It's like a five by. It's like five feet long by five feet. It's wide. a little yeah. chody, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> it's super chody. It's like have, have you yeah. seen Mike Myers' yellow race car that he used to run? I have it. It has the biggest flares I think I've probably seen in person because it's like you know the 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 doors are doors. And then you look at the front and rear fenders, and you're yeah, like, yeah. like a foot in each direction. Yeah, it's yeah. huge, you know, just super wide, and it's like a flat bottom car. Type Speaking thing. of super like wide, this actually this brings up an excellent point because when I was down at your shop, we started this conversation about uh, I don't want to name any specific people, but let's just say people that specialize in putting extremely wide fender flares on exotic and German sports cars. Right. Let's just say let's we and. Some of these people are more artistic than other people. Eddie Bauer. Is Some of these people about. do mm-hmm. proper work, body work wise, and make it look nice. But like, I drove a, a um, Busy's car, mm-hmm. which and I, I really like Busy. I think he's great. He's awesome, like a awesome, wonderful guy. character. Super cool guy. Really, really yeah. great. Yeah. And like, I, I, I couldn't love the guy more. But the car, when it's that fucking wide, the bottom line is it doesn't drive very well. So like. 
all these cars that are getting blowing up on Instagram and that fucking, you know, they, the SEMA this year is like the wide body nationals. And like, do these, do any of these cars drive well? Uh, it depends. So <laughs> if, and I know what you're talking about. Um, my interpretation of making a car wide. So why would I do it? I would do it so I can put more tire on it. Right. So why would I do that? Because I want more grip. Why would I do that? Because I want to go faster on a track. So what am I going to do to compensate? I'm going to design the suspension around that, right? Right. So it's a lever arm, you know? It really is. That's all it is. You, you shove a wheel that far out, you have to compensate. You have to figure out. Like, if you look at a Porsche RSR. Like, those wide body kits aren't, it's not just, you know, it's not that the flare, like, like I mean, I feel like a guy with a wide body car. But, like, my car is wide enough just to accommodate the tire, and then it stops. Yeah, but look at – also, look at the offset of your wheels. Like, if you you're, if you put your suspension – let's say you didn't have the flares on your car, and you took yeah. the wheels off. Your brakes would be outside of your fenders. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. not – and that's because your suspension – is pushed way out there. Yeah, the center, that's you know, why we had yeah, to do the wide body. Changed. Yeah, because everything's you different. You did it out of pure necessity. Yes. That's the point. Why Why doesn't make you faster in a straight line? It's just a big brick going down the road, yeah, right? Yeah, in so, fact, a wide body GTR at, at Shift Sector, yeah. when I was calling it back in... Uh, right, right, yeah. Did, were you there? No. Yeah. No, did I was there the it? time before, no. I, I, I couldn't help myself from laughing that a, a wide body GTR was 10 miles... It was like chrome this fucking thing yeah. i mean it couldn't have been more look at me it was 10 miles an hour slower than a stock one <laughs> you're pushing a huge brick right yeah so and I mean, hey this well, is someone whose car is not that fast beyond the air on the you've road. got more friction too on the ground so ge- geometrically what is the difference here between the situation you know at widening out of necessity and widening out of cosmetics let's be honest people aren't widening their cars to go faster Okay. No. The, 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 I'm, I, I don't know. I think I'm understanding what you're saying. Maybe a couple of them in Japan, but but not I can so many I here. can stick a 355 under the back of a wide 911 from the factory, like you know, like a, some suspension like work, a turbo or something. Yeah, or a 345. You could put a 345 under the back of a 997 turbo or a GT2. That's gonna have you can, some you can really? it in there. Yeah. You can roll the fenders and you can knock the upper links in just a hair. And t- and pull the inner control arm in so they stand with up no with no rub. No, well, I mean, you get a little rub, but I'm just saying, what more? How much wider do you need a 345 right. in the back of a car? Yeah, yeah. But how wide are some of these? What's the widest you've seen? You've seen like a 375. Do those exist? I don't know. We did, that's like uh, a Lamborghini. We higher. did CJ's Viper, and that's got a 355 on the back of it. Yeah, I think Viper is the widest product. Well, Viper and Aventador, I that's think, right. have really 355. Yeah, hit, I mean, he had 295s on the front. We took a narrow body GT3 and put cup front flares on it, and we did three 25s in the back and two 85s in the front. I bet it was nasty. It's a yeah. shifter cart. It's yeah. amazing. <clears throat> you know, it's and then you, you get to play with roll centers and get the get the car really really dialed. You know, it, it turns in so hard. Like, it's, what happens to the, like a Ferrari though when you put a Liberty Walk body kit on it? Like, what are the odds that drives better? <laughs> because the like, shop that would put that body kit knows better than Marinara. No, I mean, look, and I'm not shitting on Liberty yeah. Walk. Like, their products appear to be high quality. Like, that's all I can say about them. When I see the cars, they at least look like they're high quality products from it, from whatever. And they, they like look, it. They, 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 they seriously you know? look cool. They, they look, you know, they, got they look pretty cool. cool. I think that's why they do it. I think they just, it, it looks cool. It looks good in pictures. It, like, it, it there, pleases there your eyes. There are a couple of those guys who I've seen on track. And those are a couple of those guys who probably said, look, I actually need more tire instead of designing my own kit. 
I'm gonna go out there. Oh, you've you've actually seen those these kits being used purposefully. I've seen a couple. So we, I'm gonna just back up. We built two cars for SEMA two years ago, and uh, they, uh, Joey, he drove one in Optima Challenge, and our our gig was if we're gonna put these wide body packages on these cars, we have to do it for a purpose. Yeah, we're gonna make it so they. So he went out. Did all the suspension work. We did, you know, put BBSs on it, center locks, big, huge brakes. We extended the suspension out, axles, you know, whatever. We, we did what we had to do to accommodate for the wider track, you mm-hmm. know, without over, you know, without just, just putting wheel spacers onto the car or putting different offset wheels on right. it. Right. And the car hauled ass. The car was fast. Joey pounded the shit out of that thing. And the thing did well, you know. And But I think those are the only two cars <laughs> – but if you like hypothetically, right. if you were to buy one of these wide body kits right. and and fully commit, yeah, and say, okay, I'm going to extend the arms, I'm going to extend the axles, I'm going to do all of that shit right. that I I did it in reverse. Yeah. I bought an IRS and I was like, oh wait, how it's do I wider ma- than how my- do I make it fit? <laughs> yeah, it's wi- it's outside of my <laughs> stock fenders, outside of my cars. Yeah. I can get shorter axles or widen the car, right. which was a question answered very. But quickly. that's a very very to me. That's how I would do it. It's a specific thing. Yeah. But, like, is it even fucking possible? Like, if you had a 458 and put a wide body kit and essentially wanted to do to a 458 what I did to the Mustang, mm-hmm. sort that that from suspension backwards, mm-hmm. let's say, would your car be way faster? That's because the- you're extending those lever arms and therefore reducing the angles and all that kind of stuff. I mean, are you putting slicks on these cars? You know, like uh, are yeah. you? Are you? Are we on a two hundred wire tread? You know, so if it's you're like, at a three hundred three hundred five, you know slicks, the answer. Yeah. How much more? How much more tire do you need in a three thousand pound Ferrari? You know, if you're running or is it? A, is there like diminishing that? returns after a certain point? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. At what point do those diminishing returns to you make themselves apparent? Um. SEMA. <laughs> <laughs> One word answer. Uh, not there's no disrespect, but there's, <clears throat> you know, we're talking about a functionality thing versus a, an aesthetics, right? So there's there I I was just, I just had this conversation today with with wheels, right, for a car. So actually, we we're talking about a GT3, and this will I'll circle back to it. You, you have a levels of priorities and what's important to you. When I look at a wheel manufacturer or changing a wheel on a car, I want to know that. There's three things that I'd like to see. Uh, weight, rigidity, and aesthetics. N- in no particular order. But when I do order it up. It just needs to, I mean, for the kind of money that your customers are spending on wheels. Well, how about it's this? It's got to have all three of those things. How about things. this? Not even the kind of money. You know, like, as good as I do, that these the, the auto manufacturers, as we talked about earlier, are stepping it up. Yeah. Right? That that canvas that we get to paint with is getting smaller. So Yeah, you can get carbon fiber wheels in a fucking Mustang, homie. I, exactly. You can. Yeah, I held They're real. Porsche, I, yeah. Does Porsche sell a car without forged wheels on it at this point? That, well, uh, yes. They, they do. They're, they definitely do. Yeah, yeah, but the GT3, that wheel, to me, is a work of art. The yeah. factory wheel yeah. is just it's rigid. The it's, stock GT3 yeah, wheel? it's rigid. It's strong. It's beautiful. It's it looks just, good. It's, yeah. it's just a functionally beautiful wheel. I think the the beauty of it comes from its functionality. So form follows function. So you, you got to look at the thing like what, what in your list of priorities when you're building your car. And that, that's why we shouldn't judge because some people want to build a car for strictly looks, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that makes them happy. Me, I don't care what it looks like. I want to go fast, right? Yeah. But I'm not you. 
I'm going to tailor a suit for you. It's not going to fit me, right? Yeah. And so the level of priority, you know, they, I think the wide body kits that we're seeing, nobody needs a nobody needs obviously and sometimes some of these wide bodies i'm seeing that they're just taking the offsets and taking the same width tire and just pushing them (laughs) off further yeah (laughs) there is and maybe fine maybe maybe if it's engineered right a wider track with the same width tire will still perform here's where it's a big problem in in porsches especially because they widen the front like four inches and they widen the rear like nine inches and then the car catches ruts from the ass end and the ass drags the front around that's where it gets really, really bad, because that's like an unsteerable car. Porsche requires the any car requires a lot of thought and engineering. You know, if you want to make it right, and if you want to modify a car without compromise, I mean, it's next to impossible. And and I know I'm going to get a lot of pushback from that, but I'm just saying there. No, is, it totally is. There's you, always you're, a compromise. You're, you're going to give something up, and whether that's something that you're giving up is important to you or not, that's what dictates the next step. So. Without compromise, I, I'm comfortable saying, but some people don't. Sometimes, sometimes you just don't give a shit. You're just gonna do something in in another direction, and I don't care that it affects this. You know, this is what I'm after. I think an example would be rat rods. There's yeah. nothing about them that is particularly great, other than they're cool as shit. But I love them, man. They're cool. How about this? How is that street legal? And, and, wait, wait, no, no. And, and I shouldn't say it like this. And then, and then I can't bring certain cars into the country. But you can drive. Yeah. You can drive yeah. a you can drive a fifty five gallon barrel with a three fifty strap to it and a big <laughs> not four nine inch out back and and you know and that's okay you know or the guy on my street that's got his overflow bottle is Jaeger is a Jaeger bottle zip tied to the front of his radiator that's exposed to the rest of the road but so for for example yeah. I appreciate shit like that I think it's kind of cool because it's yeah. an expression of art you know and that's yeah. what, that's what our community is about but, and those cars are usually a driven much more carefully than other cars they're yeah. usually driven no one's doing a buck 50 up the road in a rat rod no you're doing 50 you're doing 50 Maybe. but, and but guess what that guy's getting the same enjoyment yeah. That, that, yeah, yeah. that I'm doing ripping bouncing off sure. curbs at Willow Springs or something you know what yeah. I mean so I love rat rods because it's just you can you can put on whatever you want weld whatever you want it's more about aesthetics and it can look rough and that's okay it's like it's it's okay you're not cutting corners really you're just like using what you have and then you're you know compromising what, uh, your comfort like, I, mean, I rode one this guy was drifting and doing donuts in the dirt and it was rough and we got covered in dirt it was super fun no windshield glass a, i will have a rat rod in my time and yeah. i will have a diesel and it's going to blow a lot of hot smoke <laughs> there was that, a really cool one yeah, exactly. yeah. there was a really cool one that made it the rounds like three weeks ago on jalopnik and everything it was a british guy that i think it was a old ford that he had a sob motor a oh, Saab that was turbo swedish motor. or was swedish a, obviously it, swedish it was a sob turbo motor yeah all-wheel yeah. drive Saab. yeah it's like a 34 ford Oh, yeah. that was for sale. I saw it on the yeah. internet. It was like 30 grand. And he was, was, like, was fucking dude, awesome. The, yeah. the, he actually had the suspension look like it was pretty dialed in. And yeah. he was drifting the ever-loving If I had real money, I would. I'm not even yeah, kidding. That was, yeah, that was, was like no. my two my favorite things, hot rodding all the oh, no, time. Like, yeah, yeah, it's car. like a yeah. hot rod rally car. Fuck yeah, it is. That's why the Hunicorn is my favorite car on the planet. I think it is. You know, I'm a Porsche guy, but Mustang's got me into this mess, and I've always had a soft spot. And then when that car came out, I was like, Holy shit, yeah, that's yeah. game over. Okay, yeah, done. check it's me perfect. out, though. So I'm thinking the next one, yeah. the next thing, because me and Ken have wide-body Mustangs covered. 
no need to continue doing that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you got you, you, and then Ken yeah. followed. Yeah, yeah, you guys. We're good. We got to go. Just a small <laughs> difference. In the, Everybody, just <laughs> the, don't don't worry about value of those cars. Yeah. Just a little bit of difference. Matt's going to tell us no. what's next, yeah, yeah. dude. Today I drove a fucking like a 1987 BMW 325 with an S54 in it oh. with the E46 M3 engine. Mm. It was a really nice, super clean swap. The car was ratty. Like, the paint was cracked and awesome. faded. And it had, like, slicks on it. And it was the fucking shit. <laughs> That's got to be awesome. The, this was this is possibly the most fun car I've ever driven in my is life. Is that the kid that usually hangs up uh, at the top of Mulholland? Or? It's not the one with shiny paint. Okay. It's the one with dull paint. But he's Even up better. there from once in a while. Either way, Dude, cool. this thing revs to 8,500. Oh. It has, like, a sh- really short gears. So it's like rally car gearing. It weighs 2,600 pounds. Monster. Cage, race seats, like nothing special, but everything awesome. Like, and it was built by a guy in a shed. And it has a sport mode. Like, it has the E46. It has an ODB2 port. It has the full the full. See, E46. these are my favorite builds. And ga- the gauges work. And it's fast as all fucking hell. And it's little and tiny. It's, and you can get in it. And 20 seconds, you're going as fast as it can go. It's the best. That's awesome. I, I, this is the second time ever, maybe third time ever, I said, don't you dare ever sell this car without calling me. However, if you do. Yeah. I said, no, I said, yeah. do not sell this car without calling me first. If you you know, if you ever want to get rid of it. But don't sell it. Under the stock body, there's... It's fucking super sleeper. I mean, other than if you look at it, it has slicks on it. <laughs> that's awesome. It has like wide ass NTO ones yeah. on it. It was. I'll tell you, I mean, because I'm I'm shopping for a fun like drifty daily car right now, and I was looking at E36s and stuff, enjoying all these forms. But there, the BMW crowd swaps a lot of cool stuff because yeah. a lot of it plug plug and plays pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like so this- E36s, E46s, E30s, like. They make a lot of kits, but some of them just the engine fits. Yeah, like you, you maybe put on an adapter. Well, plate. they're like way yeah. less reliable Hondas in that regard, and that everything swaps between models. Yeah, yeah they're do you way remember better. back in the late '90s, early 2000s? Like I, so the Honda, the Honda scene started to grow. I remember yeah. I, I grew up. All I did is all how I met Brian, the guy who married my wife and I. We would street race, and he had a 67 Mustang that he always had cooler shit than me. He always, <laughs> I was like the ghetto version of what he did. We both had red 67 Mustangs. So we both raced. I'd beat him one time. He'd beat me one. I remember the first time I ever got beat by Honda. This guy drove up from Portland. I was living in Washington. We would be idiots hanging out at Taco Bell waiting for a race. And we, Holmes. Yeah. And he came up. He <laughs> the goes, Chihuahua handled he came, the money. He came up in this black Honda with a carbon fiber uh, hood, and I'm like, we we had no idea. Did he go? It sounds exactly like that. Except he had a Prelude, two point two liter swap in the car. Nothing in it. Every pan, everything was cut out of this car. Seventeen hundred pounds. So he had He had plastic windows in the back. He had baby little boat carpeting inside of it. The car probably couldn't weigh more than seventeen hundred pounds. Yeah. And he like we both took off. I'm spinning the tires. I hook up. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get him now. And then he just slowly walked me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With what? Probably a grand total of 190 horsepower in that Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But then uh, that was literally, I remember talking to my buddy. I'm like, this is this is it. Dude, did you do one? Have you done one lap Mm-mm. ever? No. You need to do one lap. That would day. be fun. Yeah. You, we should do it together. All right. I mean, you fucking would you know what love I, it. What I, I'm bummed that I didn't get to do was that oh. off-road thing you did. From what didn't you do like an off road with a Model A or something like that? Yeah, we made a movie. It's yeah. called All Cars Go to Heaven yeah. Two. <laughs> uh, 
we you were one of the people that said you wanted to come. And then yeah, you we should, did, we did, Pike, we did Pike's Peak, though. That I know. You won Pike's Peak. Yeah, so that you, was good. I forgive yeah. you. Yeah. I forgive Okay. <laughs> but I want, next time you do it, if we're not doing Pike's Peak, can I come? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. But the Wait. point is, the, the swaps, like the BMWs now are like the, the new version of that, you know? Mm-hmm. And then pretty yeah. soon, with these $10,000 Carreras, we're going to see people putting, I don't care, put it in How cool is like Lee Keen's rally car? Oh, like that. Like okay, that's that, that guy's like, that, he's kind of like the James Bond of. Uh, and you know what? We can't actually, like, I love Lee. Yeah. He's great. He's amazing. Yeah. And I was like, that was super gay. Yeah. But he's yeah. like amazing. I've seen him drive. He's amazing. Yeah. He's, I can respect it. He, I was on one lap and. Whenever he would go out, like, he won it. it like four years in a yeah, row. Yeah, you're like, damn it, Lee's and whenever he, Yeah, but whenever he would go race, everyone would go to the bleachers and watch. Yeah. Like, he put on a fucking show, and then I saw a video of his in-car yeah. during one of these laps where I was, me and Musto were standing there watching with awe as he fucking rocketed this 800-horsepower GTR around. And made it his bitch. Dude, and they showed. I saw the in-car video like a couple days later, yeah. and he's fucking with the radio. He's changing the mute. He's playing music in the car, and he's changing it in between corners, flipping through music stations. It made me so mad. <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced so he's an alien. <laughs> but but okay, so relaxed. So he's not the first person to do 9/11 rally cars in England. Um, uh, Richard right. um, Tuttle. Richard yeah. Tuttle. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Cars. Tuttle. Yeah. I, have Heroes. you met him? No, I haven't. But I've, I, I follow them. Met him. I follow him. Uh, Jeff Zwart talks yeah. about him all the time and like all his stuff. Hit. Okay. That. That's bad. See, that's your guy, yeah. right? That's yeah. your god. That's, yeah. Do you know that I had no idea who he was? Was introduced to him and then put into a rally car with him and and hurled down a fucking are you, stage. Are you freaking serious? I had no idea who he was. <laughs> Chris Harris picks me up at the airport. I went to England. And he goes, hey, mate, nice to see you. you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, building a, I'm building a cool cool 911 with my mate. You want to go over to the shop real quick? Yeah, fuck yeah. Let's go check it out. You know, we go over to the shop. It's like a, it's like a little old English house. It's like yeah. a Tudor shop. Yeah. And the coolest 911s I've ever seen are everywhere. They're all lifted on fucking super swampers yeah. with mud guards and racks and, like and a zillion fog lights. And dog boxes. And, they, yeah, and just... I met this guy. He's... He's like five foot five. Mm-hmm. He's tiny. He's just little, the g- gentlest tiny. Hey, mate, nice to meet you. I just threw a dog box in this here fucking nine sixty seven show wheelbase or whatever. You know, whatever. You know, I got to take it out. You want to come for a quick blast? I'm like, yeah, sure. It sounds cool. Get in the car. Well, it turns out there's a rally stage directly across the street from this guy's house. Like, it's not a closed road, but it is dirt. And so he's fucking. I'd murder somebody in this room just to be in that. We seat. get in the car. And I find out that, like, oh, shit, this guy's like the rear-wheel drive Colin McRae. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's also, it's, it's a right-hand drive car. Yeah. So I'm, on the, I'm now on the other side. I'm, I'm coming down off some inc- extraordinarily strong ganja pills. Oh, I remember that. Uh, I'm high yeah. as can be. Oh, I'm, I'm on, like, 50 milligrams of pure fucking mm. gold caps. And here is this man who I've never met. I don't know. I've never heard of him before this morning. And he is going bonkers down this fucking stage with a dog box, like fucking left foot breaking and hiking boots, slamming gears like we're sideways. And I, I was sweating and fucking. <laughs> like, I got back to my house and I was like, I we got back in the car. I was like, Chris, who was that? Yeah. <laughs> that's from May Richard. Oh, that's so rad. Yeah, and that's, that's so. That's who he was. He's you. You who won Pike's Peak. He is your god. And I met this guy by accident, high as fuck. Yeah. Ju- yeah. <laughs> 
that I watch the videos, I look at everything I've seen, like Rally Sage, I yeah. geek out on that. Richard stuff. Tuthill uh, of the UK, he builds these like Safari 911s, like the Paris to Dakar. Like, why don't you should do that? Let's do that. Can we do that together? I'm in. Paris to Dakar in a 911? We got to do it. I mean, you, you know who do you, we need let's to, do it. Let's okay. We you know those 911 Jeff. safari cars. Let's build a a Panamera safari car. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. I love it. So we're we're gonna be building a 964, um, and I'm I'm in a fight with my customer right now. I want to lift it and I want to make buku horsepower. A free runner. It just so happens this car is four wheel drive. Awesome. And he wants to squash it on the ground and put, make it square, big slicks on all four corners with Buku horsepower. Oh no! Is so it, is it white noise? No, no, no. Okay. So we're we're uh, we're we, we're rolling essentially we're rolling the dice. We're like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to make this work? And he's like, well, you want this, I want that. Um, and they, well, it really does come down. He's paying the bill. Split the difference. Yeah. Stock ride height. Stock ride height. <laughs> so I could just r- turn the coilovers up and realign it. Yeah. But um. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool to build a big horsepower 964 all-wheel drive, yes. like an 89C4? Yes. And just crank the differential all the way almost locked and just go bananas? Mm-hmm. Again, back to my friend Larry, has a 964 with a th- with a, was it a 3.6 it's in nice, it? nice, yeah. So 3.6 yeah. in it. Um, Spencer. Spencer mm. Cox built the motor. Oh, yeah. He's you know awesome. Spencer. Oh, of he's, course, yeah. He's great. I, I knew Spencer since from 10 from back years, in over the day. 10 years. Yeah. 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 He's the East Coast Porsche homie. Yeah, yeah. You're the West Coast yeah. Porsche homie. Yeah. And uh, it's all-wheel drive, and it's a track car, and it's fucking great. That's it's so cool. really fun. It's great. It's not it black, great. is it? It yeah. is. Yeah. Is that the one that had that black with the old wheels? wheels? Yeah, gold wheels. Yeah, that's yeah. A, yeah. that's a pretty famous car. Yeah. Yeah. Spencer he has a fucking because Larry has a huge car. YouTube channel. Oh, okay. Because uh, Larry's one of the best car detailers in the country. So and he's ha- been doing that retarded when it comes to the internet. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's a circle. Yeah. He's been doing the intro to track day videos. There's like six yes, that's the car. That's a badass car. It's great. Yeah. I reviewed it on lift it and add another 200 horsepower. It'd be awesome. He should. The roads in New York are terrible. Very good point. Yeah. Practicality. And in Monticello, it's they a, have snow it's a crossover. Mm-hmm. Porsche crossover. Yeah. Be the new SUV. 964, yeah. <laughs> but, we, I mean, this is that's got to be the next level. If he's your idol, Richard Tuttle, yeah. or one of. Yeah, one of. The we, other one that should, barks like a dog. You, <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like a dog barking. No, when it's, com- when it's complimentary, we can say roof. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hero since day one, you know. I just drove a roof 993. Um, what, oh, it's CTR2? Oh. BT, BTR2? BTR, right. Single turbo 993 narrow body rear wheel drive. Very cool car. Tell me, it was balanced, wasn't it? It was nice. I I wasn't as nice as a standard 993 turbo. Though. Oh, really? No, I didn't think so. Interesting. It, I mean, I drove it on a road. I didn't drive it on a track. Hmm. You know, but it was very, very cool. Mm-hmm. But I think I'd, if given the choice between the two, I probably would just take a standard 993 turbo. But yeah. this is with, what, 20 years of hindsight. I mean, that I mean, car is 20 about years that, right? old now. This guy yeah. was pioneering stuff like that back 20 years ago. Oh, before. roof is some nutty shit. Yeah. They're, those guys are real. Oh, absolutely. So... But though that, but they are. Do they are they just the only people to do the fucking paperwork to get there? Because I mean, it's it's fucking obvious they're they're most of their cars are Porsches. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I think I think they do. The we're, we're not blind. Like our no, eyes they, are they, working here. So I, I have a customer who we wanted to build a cool car for, and it would be so far outside of what a Porsche is. We'd have to rebadge it and re. Vin it and all that. And so he oh, went. Oh, really? Yeah, and he, he. Oh, the white car? 
We're talking about the white car? No. Okay, never no, mind. No. Different car. Never mind. No. And he um, he ended up uh, kind of doing the homework. And it's it's kind of a pain in the butt, and it costs a lot of money to become a coach builder, essentially. Mm-hmm. In, but there are loopholes, and there are ways that you can adopt the, the homologated crash structure yeah. and do it. You know, and, and Roof just does it so well. Does, does what, tech um, art kind of do that? Is does tech art? Yeah, tech, it's, still, it's still a 9-11. I think Sport Tech does that, right? Isn't that what they're called? Sport Tech. I think that's the Swedish name. company. Yeah. Yeah. And that, they, they, I, they get bodies in white, and they would – Do they really still? Uh, I mean, I wrote about them in 2010. Didn't we drive right. a Sport Tech car at some point? That sounds so familiar. I, I, I used to do blog posts what about are they, them back what in the were day. They, but what they were – What were they? Like, were they? Badass they? tuner. I yeah. Porsches? Porsches, yeah. They I mean, they, they. I remember seeing the first twin throttle body 911 Turbo, and I was just like, "Well, these guys know what they're doing." Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it was expensive and bodies in white and all that stuff. And, wow! Yeah. Did you see uh, the Strosick 911 Speedster sale at Barrett? Oh yeah, <clears throat> brutal, brutal. I remember the. Fr- <laughs> I remember seeing when I, I was up in Washington. I was a lot kid at Park Place, and they, they'd get the Strosick 993 in there, and that was like, "Don't even get near the car. This is so special." <laughs> Do you remember stuff. those things? They had like little PL headlights. Strosick was they made the tiny headlights. Yeah, and like it, it, it was, was like a, a half slant in those pull, days. Pull it up, Zach. It's hilarious looking now. Yeah, they were in the back of Dupont Registry. Oh, yeah, they were for like, fucking if you years. had a Strosick, and you pretty much, pretty much. I love the recent auction. I don't know how you spell. Was it was it a Meekum or was it a Barrett? Was, I think, I think it was Barrett. Pull up Barrett Jackson Strosek S T R O S E K Porsche, because um, you'll laugh at this car and what it sold for. I can't remember the exact number. That's I'm intentionally waiting until you pull it up to say what just, the to, just give our fantastic internet a couple, Strosik, a couple of minutes. These, this was a company like there were a bunch of companies that were just like weirdly rebodying these 911s. Right. I don't think very many of them look good. No, I mean it's hard I, when you when you depart far from what that iconic look is you know it, it just gets weird i mean the they, proportions I, are so good so perfect normally. i mean the roof line of a 911 is just gorgeous you know it's like you know some people cut the gutter rails off of it i personally think that ruins the the 911 you know but I, oh these are awful the strong yeah, the strong <laughs> yeah but hey there. back in the back in the late 90s in those the 90s it was different was like, i get like it ken griffey jr yeah exactly yeah sir mix a lot like we're, that we're talking was to like, all the like, seattle folk back then like those are your Seattle yeah, folks. Yeah, we used to. Were get, they super popular? We Seattle? literally would get those cars, those guys' cars, in as consignment after. Like, do you know Anthony? Ant- Sir Mixalot is Anthony. Oh no, I don't know. He is wonderful. Is he, he? Couldn't be nicer. He is a super car enthusiast. I know probably ninety percent of the words to every single one of his songs. Dude, though. I I got to go to his house. I had dinner with him. He is he, he was the ab- the sweetest man. You know I've what? Ever I love met. to hear that because. Yeah, we, that's weird. When we were in high school, we used to geek out and, you know, posse's on Broadway. Yeah. We would we would actually do the route and go eat at Dick's and we'd drive around to Taco Bell. Yeah, we yeah. we'd do the route because we lived right around. You yeah. Know, so. I did a bit with him that they set up for the car show back in 2011, right. the speed show. And we got along and we exchanged phone numbers. And when I went back to Seattle for something else, I hit him up and I was like, hey, man, like, are you around? Do you want to hang out? And like. We uh, we were meeting up for di- we met up for decided to meet up for dinner, and my college friend was in Seattle also, mm-hmm. and I was like, hey, do you want to hang out? And he was like, yeah. <clears throat> and I went and picked him up. I was like, let's go to dinner. Went and picked him up, and on the way to dinner, I was like, by the way, we're having dinner with Sir Mixalot, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, what the fuck? He was so confused the whole time. That's so rad, Matt Mormino. I feel so bad for you. That's for rad. Being so confused when we had dinner with Sir Mixalot, <laughs> but it was great. He That's was so, so nice. He had a he had a Ferrari six twelve Scalietti, 
Was it baby blue? No, it was like black with like a gray scallop, which I think is an underappreciated car. It's a big car, though. It's a big car. Big Fun, it car. is so ugly. I'm sorry. It's not pretty. Nope. He really liked it. He was very happy with it, and he had a I he had an LP640 also. I think he's traded them both in since for other things. But he needs to get a Strozak right now. He, I think he had one. I'm sure I, he did. I remember seeing one recently. Did you see the, find the option? Uh, our internet is too terrible. Huh? Our internet is too terrible. Fucking Thank you, Crown. Uh, fucking uh, Time uh, Warner. What did we talk about earlier? Oh, the the most the top three things one that we of want which to accomplish. would be not writing a check to. Yeah, uh, Koenigsegg Agera R around Spa. Yep. Um, not writing a check to Time Warner. And number two top priorities in my entire life this? is is an, a day where I don't have to write another check to Time Warner. Nine two extra yeah. sec. We got a whopping no, no, one megabit per second. That oh my god, the nine twenty eight Strosik is ugly as shit too. I've never even seen. At least has wide fenders. For, I, let's thank thank God. Uh. Oh, this did we talk about that nine two eight? This guy brought this. I drove a thirty two thousand mile Porsche nine twenty eight S four. This is also called wonderful. Matt's next ill advised purchase. No, 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 no. Are you That's gonna get it? You you just you reek of nine twenty eight. You need one. They're great. <laughs> it yeah. was awesome. Yeah. It was it was really really cool until you have to work on. Yeah. It. So yeah, here's exactly. a seventy six nine yeah. eleven Strosik. It sold at uh, Barrett. 33 G's. It is. The Let me see the picture. <laughs> I mean, the, I'll say the exterior color and wheels good, but uh, the interior and headlights. It's, it's pretty brutal looking. It's rough. The, the interior looks like a boat. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a Bayliner. It, it has the Bayliner two tone. What, is it, yeah. what year was it? Like 80 That's something? a 76. 76. And then there was a 928. Uh, oh, it's, the 928 is is pretty. Is it wild. just me or is oh, yeah. some did Porsche somehow set out to make a harder engine bay to work on with the 928 than they did with the 911? Yeah, I think so. I think they're just like, yo, you can't work on a 911 while the engine's in the car. Let's just do that with the front engine car. Have too. you fucked with a hot rodded 928? Yeah, back, can you make them cool? Ba- okay, I mean, so, can you make? I'm, I, they are cool. Can you make them like fast? When I was younger, working in a shop at Four Dolls up in uh, Washington, there was a couple guys who had 928s, and I loved them because I'm a V8 guy, right? Mm. And that's they would always make fun of me because I, I had my Mustang then, and uh, so we put long tube headers on it, put it. I think I, I hogged out the throttle bodies, did some ECU tune on it, built this exhaust all the way out, and made it all crazy. <laughs> I remember there's a paint, there's a guy who painted cars next to us. Who the guy was the funniest guy on the planet. I remember pulling that white 9, 928 out of the shop. It had all the suspension and all this cool stuff and big brakes. The car was beautiful. Yeah. And it was loud because I, I you know, we put a Flowmaster two chamber under there <laughs> because, you know, and so I remember pulling it out and I'm revving it up and I'm just stoked. I'm 22 years, well, I was probably 21 years old at the time, you know, I'm revving it up and this guy walks out, he goes, Rad, I wonder how much money it costs to make that thing sound like a Z28. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you, you bastard. I was like, how dare you? The fucking 928. Oh. Like, yeah, so it's, uh, <laughs> That's very funny. They, they were hard to work on, but there's a soft spot in my heart for those cars, you know? I, uh, but I, I drove this I, thing for 15 minutes. Not, and like, I pray that one doesn't show up in my shop. Oh, I wanted to go I wanted to like go pick up Hannah and drive to Pebble Beach immediately. Like yeah. It was just like I wanted to go on an awesome road trip somewhere. It was great. I, you uh, know what? Magnus just picked one up. Like you see any of his posts? It's like a narrow body, early with the, yeah. with the checkered interior. The Pasha. It, yeah, and it's and – it's, uh, Dark green. It doesn't have the flares. It's got the phone dials. It's fucking ugly. For some reason, it's, it's like a, it's fuck. like it's like a like a bulldog. They're ugly, but only the mother loves it. I think yeah. that thing's pretty cool. I mean, I, I, I like the Pasha. Pasha interior is dope as yeah, shit. But like, 
I, but, for some reason, like, is it weird that like the uglier the cars are, the cooler they are lately? Dude, is, that, is, that, is this something that we're doing? Like, is that something that's happening? I don't think that's universal. I think it's I just cars know. with character. I think it's because you know you can get them. I think there's always there's, they're, they're there's always people that are like the early cars with the slim bumpers. You know they're always yeah. they're all about the early cars with the slim bumpers because they all cars always get wider because they can. Fi- it's probably like just taking Dude, you back to a with nine twenty eight. You know what I mean? Like it was when it wasn't attainable to you, and now you can now it's either dropped in value or you've made more money. I completely somehow agree. it's back into your financial lane. Yeah, but in the case of the nine twenty eight, can't you admit? That the later cars were better. The S4s. Yeah. Yeah. They're fucking better. They look better. They're faster. They handle better. Mm-hmm. They stop better. They have all the better things. And again. And they're not ugly. And again, I'm eight years old. My dad was telling me. And he was t- he's telling me. He's like, oh, I got to drive a Porsche 928 on the Autobahn. You know, back back before you were born. Like, a, probably like a 77 or something like that. Yeah. And he still, to this day, just like the Boxster, he wants one. You know, and, he, and I guess once you like have a connection with something like that, like a car, yeah, it's eighty-eight Fox body right here, right there, yeah. DeLorean right yeah. here, one M, one M is uh, I don't care, I still want one, yeah, and that's you not can even overlook. That long that you're like twenty-seven you, when that car. I know, but <laughs> even still, in your brain enough. But any, okay, so when you're when you're a child, what's the craziest like what what a pivotal moment in automotive history or in yourself? What was it? What was it, you know my car was? Huh. I was playing with my cousin out in the front yard. I was probably eight years old, and my uncle was with us. We were living in Bellevue, Washington, and my uncle, ha- he was a uh, housing developer, so he would build cool houses in expensive areas, and he'd live in them for a while. We'd move, right? And he'd move. So there was this – it's called Medina, and there's a there's a guy. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of him. His name is Bill Gates. He's, he owns like a software, Once or twice. Com- software yeah. company. But he had this nine – a 959 and yeah and it was obviously an illegal car at the time and he had the one 959 yeah here and didn't he pay to crash those to get them legal i, see, I don't know co- no I there don't... was a small conglomerate okay i don't of... know the story yeah but yeah. i no bullshit i swear on everything my cousin and i saw that car drive by medina and he lived not three miles away apparently and we that would change my life forever I saw that just car one, wow. one time. One and literally, he wasn't even on it. He just turned down the neighborhood. What color? It was, it was silver. Turned silver or white? I don't remember. Like I, I don't even know. Silver. Was it silver? This is like, why you're so high maintenance. Listen, I'm, I'm trying to remember when I was eight years old. I never researched it, but I remember seeing it. I remember seeing the scoops, and I remember seeing the wheels and the flowing body. Yes. And I remember driving it and watching him drive by a 25 mile an hour zone, and I was like, that changed my life. I went inside, looked at the black Countach poster on the green grass. I was like, cars. That's it. The uh, Bill Gates, along with Ralph Lauren, mm-hmm. and I believe Seinfeld, but I'm not sure, and Bruce Kanepa, mm-hmm. collectively, I don't know who paid the most. I, I, I but don't I'm, I'm talking, in, I, I had, to, I was eight years old, so this yeah, was yeah. '88. Oh, so, so I don't know. So you didn't know about any of this, but they collectively uh, allowed show and display to happen. <clears throat> hmm. Show and display as a as an entity. Happened because of these four fucking rich guys and their nine five nines. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, the nine. As yeah. it turns Before out, then, really rich white deal. guys can make things happen in this country. Yeah. yeah. Well, what? Okay. What about you? What? What? Tr- what were you like? All right, cars. Five years old, first ever car magazine, nineteen eighty six car and driver, mm-hmm. a spread inside there with a DeLorean, doors up, done. 
Game what over. else would cause someone like me to spend $50,000 on a 200-horsepower car? I love it. Other than, other than a five-year-old fucking memory. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that wild how that happens earlier? What about you? Yeah. I think mine was actually it wasn't even it wasn't even a car uh when i was one through seven we lived up in the hills in santa cruz and our neighbor was a guy that was like a maintenance man at the boardwalk the amusement park and he had taken an old bumper car type thing which they used to have on a track Mm -hmm. it was almost like a carmen Ghia, like a shrunken carmen Ghia. Mm -hmm. he had taken one home and obviously there's no track anymore and he let his son take me for a ride in an orchard like in the dirt yeah just like sliding around, and I was like four years old, and that's like my earliest memory of vehicles. That's like so rad. Driving around in this, you know, dirt in this car that shouldn't even be <laughs> outside. <laughs> Supposed to be it's surrounded by a fence, but isn't it? And you? Well, I didn't really get car crazy until I was like eighteen. But when I was a kid, Worcester Centrum, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Oh, right, right, yeah, right, right. Uh, that, and then uh, I had a, I had a little radio controlled Porsche that I fucking loved and my uh my aunt had a 85 vet with the digital gauges that I thought was the digital gauges to me were the coolest fucking thing I'd ever seen yeah digital gauges digital gauges were remember the Aston Martin the Lagonda ones oh yeah it was like the MS DOS gauges (laughs) like (laughs) an alarm clock on your dash I really one day one day like that would my pro touring like my ultimate pro touring build Uh would be a Morrison chassis Aston Martin Lagonda with an LS9 and a six-speed magnetic shocks and just normal fucking gauges <laughs> and a normal radio. I you know what, it. And it, the rest of it would look like a completely stock Aston Martin Lagonda Series 2. You could rad. rig up some really cool electronic gauges with like a little, what they call a Raspberry Pi. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, they, yeah. Have these, yeah. they have these new shit. Some, these new some gauge. in trouble for that? <laughs> Dude, these display gauges, these new shits they have are dope as fuck. Yeah. These full-color gauge displays are sick. Stuff's getting crazy. Well, because race pack gauges sucked balls forever. Like, how did racing drivers deal with these shitty-ass gauges in the age of fucking iPhones? They didn't have a choice. That was the only thing out there. How but, is that possible? But, but when, I was, when I was tuning my Mustang back when I was 16, I mean, all I ever wanted was a... Auto meter, what was it? Auto meter pro, pro comp with a shift comp, light on. Yeah, the shift light. I was with you. With a sil- I screwed into with the a dash. silver background. <laughs> Hell yeah! And I remember I was dating this girl, and we're driving my Mustang, and I had a tack in the Mustang, but then I had another tack. <laughs> she was like, I was like, yeah, check this out. She goes, wait, setup. she's like, wait, it's doing the same thing as the other one. Isn't <laughs> <you> have- <laughs> and she's like, what's the point? I'm like, you just don't get it. And then you hit red light and the blaring red light. At 4,800. Like at, at night. Yeah, and the entire, you blinds the shit out of you. You got spots. You can't even see the red light in front of you. Yeah. You, I had I had the tack I had the same shit with the shift light. I'm Did gonna, you put it hold on, I'm in gonna, the center or the corner? No, mine was mine was right in the center on the on the Mustang. The dash dropped down and then came back up. I screwed it right through the <laughs> the, the foam of the dash. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to admit it that I've never done it to anybody. I set I put the pill the the uh, the tack light. Mm-hmm. I put a lower one in so it it was glowing longer. So at night it looked like the inside of my car something was happening. <laughs> I don't know why. I thought it was, uh, you know, it was like a 4300 I'd spend Dude, it to like five I, grand or whatever, you know? Hand to God, I had street glow on my car when I was 16. Oh, I did. This was 1997. This was pre-Fast and the Furious. Yeah. It hadn't been 
You know, I was like, we didn't even know about that in the Northwest. It was like a, a thing I saw like a one or two guys do once, and I was like, that was cool. What's fu- I just saw a car on Craigslist that had street glow and had like an engine swap. I'm like, well, that thing's never been driven that hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you've probably never turned the wheel while accelerating. Right. So he doesn't understand safe. the concept of slowing street down glow speed stage rally. We mount a bunch of street glow to the underside of rally cars, and we drive down a stage, and whoever finishes with the most street glow still street glowing wins the fucking this challenge. This sounds like part of All Cars That's Go to Heaven 3. That's a dope segment. Yes. That's a fucking awesome segment. All Cars 3, we got to buy We got to do that. That's a great segment. But can, I, can we plan this so I can actually go? Yes. We'll plan it not around Pikes Peak for you. Yes. I if you will come, like, yeah. but you have to come. Yeah. Like, if we do it, you know what I mean? I'm in. Quid pro quo. Okay, but I'm having a baby in a few no. months. No, well, that's okay. We don't have any you money can't to make bring another movie. Oh, you can bring the baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you My can. wife would want to go, too. She's into this stuff. We, we don't have any money right now. So, see, here's the thing. Here's the like thing. It Not takes money to make a movie, yeah. but it doesn't take that much money to just go. And just enjoy yourself. Like, we already have the camping equipment. Like, we to, making All Cars Go to Heaven 2, I realized this would be so much better if we didn't have to make a movie. I mean, think and about I it. And I would pay just to go and forget about all the fucking cameras and just enjoy it for ourselves. How much right? less time would my car... <laughs> it would break so much faster without a movie. It'd be like day two. I'm like, bye, guys. Sorry. <laughs> like, if we just do it as a vacation... And like, forget the movie. Like, it it would be like a thousand dollar vacation. It Into would be it. fucking dumb cheap. Into it. Yeah. Yeah. And right. A, a and Mustang then we just do it at go. our own pace. I mean, you think it's about, not like we need to get there by Tuesday. You know, you think about whatever. like what they tell you. Like, oh, if you, you know, why didn't you take a picture of that? Well, I was too busy enjoying it. You know what I mean? So the, the problem is, it, unless you're gonna like, we are so ghetto that there's four people in the movie, and there's also four <laughs> camera operators, and they're the same. Four people. <laughs> the same. So in order to, you know, to actually create a situation where the people that are the stars of the film are able to just be on all the time right. and cameras are running all the time, as we learned from Richard Porter from Top Gear, you need to have the hardware and the operators to put that kind of shit together. It's no it's joke. fucking expensive. It's no joke. On the other hand, just buying a shitty car and driving across the desert is very cheap. And very fun. And a lot more fun. <laughs> it is the more best. fun yeah. if you the know there are no cameras around and therefore no evidence of your actions that you might worry about a legal consequence later. What would we not do that – I mean – Nothing. We like, would do the same. We would just feel a whole lot better about it during the period. That's true. Okay, because we didn't you know, pull many punches. Yeah. What's left? Because there are fundamentally no laws where we are. There's no people, and you know enforcement. There's yeah. none. We, <laughs> so, that just that just sounds amazing. What, like five days, six days, mm-hmm. three days? We could make it as six. long or as short as we want. We'll make a long weekend you know, of it. But like you, you know, we have the we, we make a little game for ourselves. How about this? You It'll have be to like show a, up in a city and buy a car. Mm-hmm. Can you have bachelor parties before you have your baby? Like a yeah. pre dad. Oh, well, they have baby showers. That's the most boring thing ever. Well, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. You, we, I mean, we can do you know a thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we can, you know, you don't even have to buy a car. We can go rent cars from the airport okay. and off-road mm-hmm. those cars, and they'll make it. For $8 for sure. a day, you get the wonderful thing called a damage for waiver. For sure. I, uh, okay, so. We were on highways. I, uh, we I co-drove in a car at the Baja 1000 in a Class 1 Unlimited buggy back in 2006. We pre-ran in a Jeep we rented in San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> how, how brutal was it? 
Though, okay, <laughs> I, I, th- I think I pissed blood for a couple days. Because after the pre-run or after uh, the event? No, the, no the, the racing was fine. Oh, yeah. The pre-run. <laughs> because the driver was going like he was, you know, he's like, oh, we gotta, we have to simulate speed. And like he'd just look at me and just, like joking. He's like, we had to simulate speed, right? I don't think there was one square anything on that car afterward. With Morningstar, the driver? Yeah, this sounds my, awful familiar. The bag I packed, half of the bag was full of tire, you know, those tire patches. The yeah. tires had to have... Probably thirty patches or thirty plugs in each each tire. No, Holy I mean shit. we'd go twenty feet and it'd, okay, put it back <laughs> on, get the little dumb compressor. Brrr. We're in the middle of the night. It's like three in the morning. Not nothing around you for as far as you can see. You crest the hill there. Oh, there's the ocean. You know, I mean it was the time of my life. It was amazing. <laughs> but we did it in a rental Jeep. It wasn't even like a Jeep Cherokee. I think it was like right when those like um, a Liberty or something. Yeah, something. It was something. Patriot, really Commander, Patriot, Compass. That, uh, that might have whatever happened in two thousand six. Because that's the year we the did The compass, it. I think, was the compass the ugliest possible one? Which one was the super ugly I think it, one? it was uglier than the Patriot. Because the Patriot was square. The Patriot was like a mini Same old car. Jerk. Gray yeah. interior. Bait, or dark blue. Dark, yeah, dark blue exterior. <laughs> Gray feeling inside when you saw it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, um, that was amazing, by the way. But that, that if, I, you know the people who buy rental cars? They yeah. go out and buy. Oh, they're out they, there. they buy the rental car. That's like, subprime you, rates. Do you not have relatives? Do you not know what happens inside of a rental car? Like, uh, no, there are people that don't, man. They think that just you rent a car and you drive. I mean, it. here's how you. Yeah. Here's how I can be I confident. That there are possible. no records of these things in places because they are still allow me to rent rental cars that have like less than a thousand miles on them. I, I just t- went to fucking Houston and I got a Hyundai Sonata. Yeah. Like six hundred miles on it. Wow. Yeah, it was the shit. It, when you park it, it slaps it. It just like hot metal and cosmoline. Yeah. Oh, dude, the fluid. I boil the fluid. Oh yeah. For obviously at MSR Houston, who are great people. I have to plug MSR Houston, who are just <laughs> could not be the love the the better people. Very friendly. The track's really cool. They have a reciprocal deal with Monticello and other racetracks, oh, nice. so you can get a membership there. Their memberships are cheap. That's really good. If you're in Houston. Five G's entry fee, and then I think two hundred and seventy-five dollars a month, and there's like two hundred and fifty open member days a year. That's, it's that's awesome. Pretty, that's awesome. It is a steal, and they were the nicest people. And that's they had awesome. Cool garages, and they were really fun. That's very good. Track that's is the great only thing I can ever see positive about living in Houston. If you want to practice drifting on a racetrack that is cool with it and safe, MSR Houston is a great place to learn to drift a car. Gotta go to the show. Shout out to them. I'm having a challenge of conscience because rental cars. Uh, I'm going to Colorado next this week, and my parents were like did like the Airbnb car thing where you rent a car from a human. Oh boy! Yeah, that's and the I'm, worst. Oh, what did they rent? Oh no! Don't uh, do that. Some all will drive something or other. All the cars were booked. Like all the cars for the week that you could take from Denver up or back. People, they do that. I know because I don't. I I really rental cars in the snow. Like I'm having a great time, but I feel bad <laughs> turning someone's personal. Yeah, you need traction to rent a car off. from a f- nameless, faceless, cruel Corp- corporation. Corporation right. evil like They've, Starbucks. Yeah. yeah, Starbucks had rental cars. We'd be like yeah. when you go back to the airport and drop off your rental car, and they go, "Is everything okay?" And you sign the little printed receipt, and everything's good. And you, they take that car in the back and they crush a baby's skull with it. Yes, that's what you need. By the to way, think every- about by the way, <laughs> some of the most nervous times of my life are returning rental cars. Like, please don't oh, see, yeah. please don't see, please don't see. And if you ever want to see any of my friends who aren't car people really have stressful, traumatic times in their life is when they're in a rental car with me. They're just like, 
No, you know what? You don't drive, please. please. <laughs> We're just gonna drive. I want you to relax. I just want you to hang out. You work hard. You know, just don't drive. And every time we get in a rental car, I'm like, no, I'm driving. This is gonna be good. <laughs> you guys, you buckle up. You know, turn the music on. Yeah. yeah. We were at my bachelor party. We went to Whistler, and we rented a minivan in uh, in Vancouver. And the drive up to Whistler to the mountain is a fucking amazing. But I made it to Vancouver before my friends literally wrestled me out of the seat and said, you're done. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, they're like, we can't do this. Right. I, my heart's I learned, not good uh, enough for it. an important lesson at SEMA two or three years ago, and I showed up and hanging out with Caswell. It's like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with some of my friends. You want to come along? Okay, yeah. Well, we're pro, pro rally drivers. And they're like, well, we got rental cars. Want to go for a ride? Never, ever take that offer. What, in Man. Vegas? Yeah. Now Where did you, you go ride in Vegas in rental cars? Did you uh, offer them? All over the strip and everything with them doing everything. <laughs> There's so many parking structures. It's so much fun. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. We were yeah. jumping cars in the parking structures. Oh, yeah. I earned the nickname The Grand Marquis from some of my college friends senior year of college after the things I did in a rented Mercury <laughs> Grand Marquis outside of Orlando, Florida. Which include jumping it over railroad tracks, uh, dancing a, a drunken tango on the roof of it in Love the it. driveway of the house in which we were staying. And when the police officers rolled up, I said, don't worry, the rental paperwork is in my name. Oh, <laughs> and, and when I returned it, I mean, there was like... A, a proper wave in the roof. Yeah, like Matt on the and roof. Like you like said, a golf you're ball. shitting your pants returning a rental car. Yeah. You know, you pull into Enterprise. No, I don't think it was Enterprise. I don't, what it doesn't matter. Some, some evil It doesn't matter who it was. Yeah. I don't think it was Enterprise. I want to say, I wanna, not. for my, you know, my well-being, it's some evil corporation. Dude, you pull in and then the woman rolls over to fucking check back in your car. Oh. She's four foot ten. Yes, and can't see the roof of the Grand Marquis. <laughs> uh, bless and you, you, short little woman. And run away. Yeah. Oh my god! Very fast. I love it. No, um, so when I was sixteen, I had my I got my license the day I turned sixteen when I was in June, and my poor parents. I feel so bad for them. Uh, <laughs> I still to this day we laugh about it, but I broke their Audi. They had an Audi, an eighty-one Audi five thousand. Coupe. Yeah, no, but that no, car no, will break itself. No, 81 Audi 5000 four-door brown sedan, four-door, whatever it was. Yeah, my friend had one. Four-wheel drive, five-cylinder, turbo. The weirdest of German possibilities. So I'm exploring what it's like to drive a car fast because it rains up there, right? And, yeah. And every – no, it doesn't matter. It was like playing your video game today. I just don't lift and I turn the wheel and like trying to learn. You did good in Forza in the rain actually. No, I, I was impressed. Well, I appreciate that. But You had like only thanks, half the crashes I thought you were going to Thanks have. to half of my parents' cars. <laughs> <laughs> that expensive. I did okay. Expensive. <laughs> you should have learned the other way thanks around. Thanks to a lot of broken wheels and control arms. Uh so I, 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 I remember I was coming down this hill, hauling ass, just having the time of my life. And I, I ended up uh, – there was this left-hand corner, bounced off of somebody's front yard, down through a, a cross street, over another front yard, broke the whole front suspension. Poor, I felt bad. Anyways, the car gets towed back. My poor parents had to rent the Mazda Protégé. This was 1997. Uh, so I take that car. And that was a rental car. And I went to pick up my buddy. We were hanging out. Went to my girlfriend's house at the time. We left her house. We went. I picked him up. I remember this like the like yesterday. He's like, "Hey, my dad wants us to go get him some Gatorade." I'm like, "Cool, you got a rental. We're out." And all we cared about was just driving like idiots. So we were jumping through like fields and <laughs> all this stuff. So I'm going through by my middle school where my old middle school was. We're driving. There's a big left hand sweeper and then a right hander. 
And the right-hander, when it straightened out, there was a T in the road, and then a fire hydrant, two trees, a house, and a neighborhood. So I lost it at about 80 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> the, the car, I love that's a midpoint of the story. Yeah, the, car, the car comes around, <laughs> and I told them, hold on, we're going to eat shit. <laughs> my exact words. And this was, I'm 16, six months after getting my driver's license. By the way, I forged my parents' signature the day I got my license, and I went, to hi- I went and drag raced my Mustang at the race strip. Or at the drag strip. I, ran, I remember I like, ran like a 15-1 at like 91 yeah. miles an hour. I what thought, car was it? What car? Sixty-seven. That red car. Oh, That's not yeah. bad for that. That's not no, bad. Well, I, I, I've been building an engine with my dad forever, trying to like just doing burnouts in my driveway, like trying to yeah. figure. Out. Was anyway, it a two eighty-nine? Yeah, it was a two eighty-nine yeah. at the time. Breaking in the fourteens would be a goal with a two eighty-nine. I remember. I, I ran a fourteen-three. It was my fastest ever in that car. But anyways, I'll get back to that. I hit this fire hydrant, hit these two trees, launched me in the air sideways with with the, uh, yeah, no, with my driver's side back door. Launched me in the air, and I went monkey flipping. And when I mean monkey flipping, like front bumper, back bumper, through people's yards. <laughs> landed on the roof of the car and spun to a stop. And so the fire hydrant, two trees in the neighborhood, you hit all of those things. I hit all of the na- – I hit the na- entire neighborhood. <laughs> so you get, the, you get the spins on the X, Y, and Z axis. Yes. That takes skill. No, but I remember being in the air after we hit. I go, oh, jeez. And I open my eyes, and I see yard. And then I go, airbag, hit me in the face. you know. But we were holding on. I had I had cuts on my face, and actually I have kind of a lazy eye because I had such a lot of scarring, and and my friend had a little bump on his finger. We get out of the car, or we're in the car upside down. I reached over, turned the car off. I was like, we're upside down. I go, Colin, I go, don't unbuckle your seatbelt. Hits the roof, <laughs> <laughs> and then he starts panicking because all the doors are closed. And it looked like somebody took the car and just chucked it on the ground, and. Uh, we're trying to kick the thing out, and I looked at through the back window. The roof was caved in all the way to the rear deck by the speakers, so we, but we could sneak out of the side of it. And we get out, and I was like, are you all right? He goes, yeah, I'm all right. We kind of give each other hugs. I'm like, dude, when the cops show up, this is not going to look good. we got to try to <laughs> – the car is just on its roof it's on in the middle roof. of the street. <laughs> in the middle of the street and just smoking. And no one would come out of the <laughs> house and, or anything like It was so dramatic because the orange street lights up in Washington. It's wet, you know. It's like, and – Guess what him and I Dude, tried to do? Tried to flip look. it over. Roll it back over? Yes. <laughs> so, it looked, so it didn't look as bad. And so the cops come out, and we're sitting there. They come, and we're just sitting there like, we're the people. We're the people. We're like, we're them. How many? They're like, no, no. Because they figured we were dead, you know? <laughs> like, no, we're them. And oh, you should have told them you just rolled up to help. I don't know where they went. No. saw the smoking car. No, I just, you know, I was really cooperative, and I wasn't like a punk kid. I was just. I was just an idiot, you know, like exploring the limits of automobiles. And the uh, the cop and roof <laughs> and you found structures. it. Yeah, the cop goes. The cop goes. All right. Well, what's your address? We're going to take you home. I'm like, I need to go to the hospital. Why? You're not hurt. I'm like, my dad's going to fucking kill me. So we get to the house, and my dad was calm as shit. And I remember, I was like, that's a real man right there. I I swear, I thought he was just going to throw me across the room, beat my ass, and he never has. But I just like, I was like, okay. I ruined their only daily driver. They rented a car, and I ruined it that night. <laughs> you know, my parents didn't come. They weren't rich. They didn't have any money. They like, you know, it's like yeah. we were living like a very, very modest life, you know. And and, and I feel bad now, by the way. That's, so, uh, the, you know, we, we two cars in two days. Two cars in two days. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah, they so, rented a bike later, and you left it outside. So my dad and it's goes. Stolen. My dad looks at me with a thick accent. He goes, and he's probably one of the most intimidating guys you'll ever meet in your life. But he's the nicest, sweetest man. He goes, looks at the cop. He looks at me. He goes, "You all right?" I go, "Yeah." He goes, "Okay, go take a shower. You have to go to school in the morning." The cop's like, told tells him he's. And I'm hearing him from downstairs. I'm li- I'm trying to listen to the conversation, and he's like, "Look, I don't give a shit about metal." He goes, 
I can buy a car. We get insurance covers that shit. I can't buy my son. He goes, your job's done here. Take off so I can be with my family. What? Next day, my dad comes down. He goes, you know you're not driving for a long time, right? I'm like, actually, I actually took a vow myself. I won't drive. I'm done. Like, How long did you not drive for? I think it was like like six, two, two or three months. And I made my friend come pick me up and drive me everywhere. And that's to this day that I – I don't like people in the car with me when I'm on track. I don't like instructors with me. It's like a weird thing. Like just the responsibility. If of I'm gonna go, life. if I'm gonna go be a fucking idiot, I'm gonna do it on my own. When I first met my girlfriend, we we're doing the shift sector stuff, and it was probably before you got there. We got Kong's car running for the first time. The stupid car made like 1,400 horsepower, still yeah. an H pattern gearbox, weighed nothing. You know, we're just boiling the tires all the way down the thing. <laughs> I'm sideways at a, like when I was telling you 190 miles an hour. I literally short shifted. Who short shifts into six to get traction? <laughs> yeah, I did that, and I I crossed the line at 198. You know, <laughs> my wife's my wife girlfriend at the time. She goes, "Hey, uh, can I go with you to feel that?" I go, "Absolutely not." Game over. And she's like, "What's wrong with you?" I'm like. There's a thing I have about the about that, yeah, was, you know. And so, circling back, long story short is, I'm not very good with rental cars. <laughs> yeah, I've I've blown up more transmissions and crashed more rental cars than anybody can. Now I'm calm, but whatever. Growing up is just. But you didn't drive for like months. Months, probably. Oh, I I don't. Know. Colin knows the exact date, but I think it, it had to have been at least two or three months that I didn't drive. Yeah, and then like, did you, but did you have? This was before you had your Mustang, or you had the Mustang I had at the this Mustang. time. I had the Mustang, and uh, and you did just parked it and didn't drive it because you there. passed crashed your parents' car. You didn't crash your car, right? But my car wasn't running because I blew the oh. engine, and that was literally the defining moment. You know, we talk about moments, weird yeah, things yeah. like that was what made me want to learn car control because I remember it was slow motion. I came around the corner, the rear end came out, I hit the brakes, it kept going. You not counter steer fast I was, enough. I, well, I was counter steering, it kept going, but I was I didn't think to go back to throttle. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And it just kept auto rotating, kept going, <laughs> kept going, kept going, kept going. I'm like, we're done. Yeah. And like, I remember I was like in my head, I was like, why can't I? Why? Why am yeah, I not yeah, able yeah. to? So then that. Literally, after I started driving again, I drifted every single corner for the next four <laughs> years. You know, and that's now I think I attribute like being able to get in any car and, and haul ass and be comfortable in it is because I made it a mission. I was like, I'm not going to put myself in that position anymore. What's the uh, what's the fastest you've gone? Uh, Two thirty six in the mile or the half? No, this was that's actually the mile, right? this was actually Real an fast. open an, a charity open road race in Idaho. Oh, in in what car? In a white GT2. Oof, that's real fast. 236 miles an hour on a fucking road? Here's here's the deal. <clears throat> that car makes a lot more horsepower than we thought it would. <laughs> and <laughs> and <clears throat> that that was GPS and on data 236. I crossed the line with the ignition off at 200 miles an hour. Um, what do you mean? Did you run out of gas? No. The, we, we miscalculated a load table, and it was making a shit ton more boost up there and a shit ton more power that it got out of its torque limits. And it just said it, the, the 997 just went into, like, it was it just said shutting the throttle. I'm like, oh, shit, turn the car off, turn it back on, get throttle again, and take back, you know? So I'm, I'm com- I came over this, cor- this hill. You got a big left-hander. It comes over the top of this crown. I'm in fifth gear, full boost, you know, and... I crown the hill. They have a radar gun on it. I'm going 204. Come back down this hill. I swear the starting or the finish line was probably another mile. And I'm already in sixth gear. Crossing the speedo stops, and I know for a fact 
at GT2 speedo stops at 212 because it hit 212 at like 6200 RPMs. This engine spins to 9000. I'm just ripping through, ripping through, ripping through. I'm at like 7500 RPMs. I look at the GPS, it's like 230. In my head, I go, what does a 911 do at 250? Because I had the room. You know, I had the room and the RPM. I'm like, what does a 911 do at 250 miles an hour? Does it fly? I don't, what the fuck does a 911 do and at I, 200? And what does a 911 do at 236 <clears throat> miles an hour? It's planted. Planted. Turbo? It's a turbo body? It's a GT2. GT2. Oh, I'm sorry, GT2. GT2. Right. So, you know, it's got the... It's, so got, it's got the big wing. Yeah, it's got the factory wing. Yeah, and yeah. it has a full carbon bottom on it. The thing I sit- wonder if you... You run out. Of, you're probably riding on bumps, but opposite 250. I don't know, but there was a picture of the car when the ignition cut a fireball. It's 20 feet long at the back of it, but the front splitter was almost on the ground. Like it was just it, the, everything was deforming, and so I started thinking. Literally, I'm hauling ass, and the car. I, I'm I'm impressed. The car is just straight. I'm I'm riding the crown of the road in the middle. It's a two lane road, you know, out in the middle of Idaho. They close the road, by the way. This is a closed course thing. Cops are yeah, out there. Yeah. It's charity. And I'm, I'm hauling ass, and, and then it goes. <clears throat> I think I'm like, what happens after this? And then the car just shuts off. I'm like, <laughs> okay. And by the way, the car was shutting off at like 200 miles an hour. Then I did another run at 212. So I said, fuck. I wonder if it's wheel speed limited. So I pulled the ABS fuse, pulled the wheel, the pulled all that shit. I'm like, all right, oh, this sounds like a good idea. So I'm like, we're gonna. Uh, I was all I cared to do. I wanted to go 230 in the thing, you know, because it's not like one of our 1600 horsepower builds. It's a, it's a. I was built it to go 900 horse, you know, whatever. But oh, it was, yeah, only. No, only but that's a lot of horsepower. But it was the making fucking rear wheel drive, sketchy ass fucking Porsche. So, <laughs> so you know, I'm looking at the data, can't figure it out, and the event it was eventually over. But I think it was almost like a, like it was like you probably shouldn't do this without more run runoff or something like that. But on a two lane road, yeah, yeah, that's gnarly, dude. But the car was. That. Unbelievably planted. I mean, it was just you'd you'd feel. The is that the what is that the fastest a nine eleven has ever gone? I don't know. I think nine elevens have gone faster, but I, I don't know. I, I I think did maybe that guy Anthony's car go faster once at the mile? That that Evolution Motorsports nine nine seven. To me, I think Anthony's car is the world's fastest nine eleven, fastest accelerating that car. Car you watched it run? Oh yeah, it's fucking crazy that thing. Yeah, that's bananas. But he's only running half mile. But the guy is doing like two nineteen and a half. That's yeah. so Are you kidding me? Yeah. And there's, these, there's some of these Gallardos that are doing like 227, 228. The fastest I've ever half. gone in the standing miles 221. And that was so fast. And that was in a car <laughs> that when I crossed the half mile, that was 185. Right. That same exact car we rebuilt. We went back. We did a half mile. I did 205 in a two-wheel drive. So Cars are now – they shrunk down to half mile – from mile because it's just a mile is just stupid now it's just i mean well you, car, car because they wanted to run side by side and and for some reason people wouldn't let, let it let them i don't know why but nobody would ensure or nobody let them run side by side mile so they run side by side half mile well, the half mile would be faster in that's the half why. mile <laughs> than they were going in the fucking mile yeah which is crazy it's bananas yeah so 225 in the fucking half mile it took for perspective i think it took a veyron Three miles to hit two fifty. By the way, when I crowned miles, when I crowned the hill at two hundred four, yeah, the Verons were doing one eighty nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's it's, crazy. it's perspective, you know, and and you know it's it's cool, it's fun. Unfortunately, I'm hanging up my straight line hat, you know, for for top speed shit. What does your perfect street car have 
for horsepower. Your weekend, your fun car, maybe a track day once in a while. We built it. My favorite, my favorite, my favorite street car is uh, we built a green dot one nine nine seven GT three RS two thousand eight, and we put our four two five liter in it. Yeah, got all the suspension. It's dialed. It's got center locks, carbon brakes, BBS wheels. Done. That's it. That's the game over. That's my car. That's. I mean, that's got to be. It's similar. It's almost five hundred wheel. Yeah, it's got to be similar ish to the to Alex's car that I drove. The blue, the blue one. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I know it makes a little more. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, you know, that. But they're representative of the same. Essentially, kind of deal. yeah. There's a lot of similar, essentially power to weight ratio. Exactly. Yeah. So I got you, out of that you, car and said, you, "This is the best thing ever." Right. You drove that car. You see the balance. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's 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 what I'm talking about. Ridiculous. And you feel that sweet spot. Yeah. It's enough to get you in a lot of trouble. Oh but, yeah. But you still have a balanced chassis. You know. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. That. Thing. Yeah. That thing was nuts. I need to drive. When? What do I get to drive of yours, Max? It's been a while. I know. You should drive that GT2 that I went really fast in. Yeah. Can I? Is it around? Yeah, it's at the Is shop. it yours? No, it's a, it's a customer's. I was trying to buy it. I'm just not in a position. Is he cool with me driving it? I'm down. I, I think I can talk to him, at least. Yeah. Uh, I drove it over the weekend. We just pulled it out of, like, hibernation. And Is it, like, street drivable? or is it we, got sat in, we, sat in tra- we sat in traffic. We drove it around. We, we, we cruised around, and... Um, I mean, it, it'll put all the power down in third gear. Does it have, like, a psycho clutch? No. Like a crazy clutch? No, it's got a triple carbon clutch that, that you can just clutch off and drive. I mean, it's... I'm down. It, besides, it. car, besides carbon doors and a full cage. Upper big to <laughs> hunger. Awesome. Big speeds. Upper That's the wrong car for that. You want the NA car for, like, that kind of stuff. Oh, we, where do we go? What do we do? Nevada. Probably. Nevada? Where do we have to go? Or you turn the boost down and go to a track. I, I want to take that car well, to Well, then where would I go if we had full boost? Let's go to a runway. Well, is there a shift set for event coming up? The 27th. They're building yeah, that road the to rush. The one. Yeah, we'll I take think... that. Hey, how about this? We'll take that car out there. They wanted to like they wanted to hire me, but then they didn't. But I don't know. I don't, I don't Will know. you just show up and hang out anyways, and you can drive some of the stuff? Oh, just show up and hang out. I would like to show up with my, with like, I don't know, a really cheap car because it's like exotics only. When is it? 27th, 28th? Yeah. 27th is Saturday. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't have anything on schedule. I'm not working. How, when, when's it, how, do you do stuff? Do you do car events anymore that you just do out of pure enthusiasm and just just or is it or have are we in that position now? I mean, that, think about that. Tough. No, I I know I definitely understand the question. Yeah. Um, yes and no. You know, like I'll I'll go to supercar sunday for a little bit mm-hmm. on the way to go for going for a drive in the canyons or whatever right. um but i won't like pack up and go to a runway event or a track you know what i mean like just to watch no because we do so much of it we're driving around so much like we're exp- i'm I, we're getting would you have done that before we got into all this stuff though like I prefer a canyon drive to a track day. I just right. prefer it. I'd, I I like the scenery to change, and I'm happy to drive at eight tenths instead of ten tenths. You know what, what I you mean? mean? Four tenths with your. Whatever. I don't have the race racing driver. You know the need to get every tenth. I right. can. I'm satisfied just driving my car and having a good time. Hmm. I'll, I like a track day, but I prefer a canyon day. So like I I don't know like you know, the reason why I'm asking that question is because I haven't been attending too many events. But, it's hard, but you get jaded. You do, but you know what I like doing? No, no BVI attire, no agenda. Showing up, 
you know, whether I take the wife's car, park there, walk, walk my dog, and just enjoy enjoy the stuff again, you know, mm-hmm. and like really take it in and, and watch other people's enthusiasm for what they brought, like a Cars and Coffee. Yeah, yeah. And you just see how excited everybody else is around you. And then all of a sudden you're just like, oh, this is this is amazing. You know, this is – I'm not saying that – I mean, Jaded, isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that wild that we can take our passion, you turn it into a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden you're like – then you stop doing the things that made it fun again, and yeah. now all of a sudden you're working on the, yeah, the nuts and bolts of the, the the thing. I agree with you, but on the other hand, like, I don't ever have a day where I get up and I go, fuck, I have to go to work. No, absolutely. Even if I'm doing shit that isn't the fun shit. If I just, I'm coming here to edit, I'm not like, ugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we're doing, like... You, you know, you have stressful days and easy days and you have days when you get to go racing and you have days when you get to play around in customers' cars and develop these engines and be proud of your dyno charts and your, your parts that you're selling. You know, you have rough days and you have great days, but ultimately, like, you know, your fucking name's on the door. You get to go in and, and, and build cool shit and, and we get to make videos and do podcasts yeah. that people enjoy listening to and watching and... You know, it's not so bad. You don't have to listen to anybody. It's not that it's Great. not so bad. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. amazing that we've been able to take our passion and turn it into something that we can actually make a living on, whether it's a good or not or bad living. It's a fact is that we're able to take something like that and, and run with it. You know, you see the humdrum of it, right? You see the, yeah. the nuts and bolts, the back end of it, that, that you're right. There's stress. There's this. There's that. But the fact is, like you just said it, I've never once – Oh, I don't want to go to work. You know, I and pop out of bed. A lot of I'm people don't st- realize they can that, that do wake up like that, yeah. and they fucking say shitty things on the internet because their life sucks, and we're out there having a good time and driving cool things and making videos and whatever. Yeah. You know, like, they don't necessarily, like, you can change that shit. Like, 100%. You, can, you don't you need can to change ma- like, people, your shit. People make five times the amount of money that I have or that I've made or whatever it is or that you make or anything like that, yeah. but they don't need to. You know, you don't need to make that money. You could, you could go out and chase your passion. Well, and some people make that money chasing their passion. And that's fucking. None of us are. Delicious. None of us are. From, that's goal number. Yeah. That's none delicious. of us are from here. We all, at one point or another, said, "This situation is not working. I'm going to pick up and move to LA." Yeah. That's one of the things I like about LA. I don't hang out with a lot of people that are from LA, but I hang out with a lot of people that like. As the one kid that's from here looks at us to pursue. Well, one, two. I mean, yeah. literally every person in this room. Yeah. You know. Was that I'm going to go there because I have a goal, and I think being physically in that location is the way to. Most people don't understand the physically being in that location aspect of it. They think being in contact over the internet is enough, and they are wrong. No, no, you have to. You have to be present. You have to. Uh, the internet's interesting. The internet's done a lot, and it's done a lot in the other direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's 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 <clears throat> it's allowed. It's allowed. I think a level of um, I, I think it I think it's a lot of level of not having to really f- get your hands dirty to make a presence essentially like you know what I mean like I, I don't want to go too far with like it, but people who have uh, Instagram pictures working in garages where the lighting is a little too perfect <laughs> or <laughs> or, you know. Well, you can you can comment on something without having to be there. So you can oh, you can, you can just see, be like, hiding in the anonymity of the yeah. Internet. Like I could put a picture up of me working in a garage, and someone could just comment on what a shitty job I'm doing or what a shitty <laughs> wrench I have, or da 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 da. And they didn't have to like 
come and see what I'm doing or see right. what I'm trying to you do, know, they can just throw and shit sometimes out. Sometimes on 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 our on our Instagram, I'll get somebody giving me constructive criticism. Look, I've got tons of room to grow, man. I've I, you know we've at the sh- at the level of where I'm at in the business and 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 where I'm at in life, I have so much to learn in business and customer relations and and literally picking up my phone, all that stuff. I I know I have a lot of work to do, you know, but. I have a hard time touching back, taking uh, constructive criticism from people who don't construct or haven't right. felt Con- the – who haven't lived in their car or who haven't – Or like, constructive criticism at the very least implies being a nice person. Yeah, don't – The very – like a base minimum Well, level. that's where the constructive comes in. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, maybe I'm being nice when I say constructive, but like you mean when, just when people want to just dick. shit on you, it's, yeah. it's yeah. like a – it's almost like – it's like, wait a minute. You don't know what battle somebody else is going through, you know? It's like mm-hmm. looking, you know, it's... I've run multiple different web companies over the last several years, and there's a reason every last one of them, I don't allow people to create anonymous accounts. You're logging in with a social network at some point, so it's not fully, totally accountable, but there's enough there that you can kind of tie back, and it keep, it just that little tie, just that little, that enough is keeps people on good behavior. Well, yeah, and it's and it's almost like... Yeah, you're right. It has to, you know. There, there's some, there's some crazy, but there, there's a lot of good with it too. There's a ton of good with it. We get good suggest. I mean, you know, YouTube comments are like fucking a, a, a random bout of whatever. You know, they sometimes they're amazing, and the next day, like you're a horrible asshole. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just nuts. But we get, you know, we do get occasional constructive criticism, but you just don't understand the problem. With the internet is like. In real life, you, like, choose your friends based on people you actually want to hang out with. Right. And there's people that you know in real life who you've gotten to judge whether they're awesome and you decide your their advice is worthwhile or they're an asshole and they're not. They're worth ignoring. The Internet doesn't have that level of filter. Right. Everyone's opinion has the equal amount of validness on the Internet <laughs> And or in well, real maybe life, not validness, but visibility. Visibility. That's a better word. You're and, right. And can be interpreted and taken in the exactly. same weight as somebody. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And in real life, you don't get a notification when someone <laughs> says some dumb shit about you that is based in nothing. Right. On the internet, you do. No, imagine. Okay, so take take your given scenario and imagine if Instagram and all the social networks and all that shit melted. And then what are you left with, right? So. Oh, ignorant bliss. Right, It'd be well, wonderful. Yeah, it, 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 like, there's this great waters apart. Now, and, I'm going to introduce you to this plugin called YouTube Magic. You can make comments completely disappear off the page. I know. No, I but, wish any. I wish any uh, survey out there demonstrated that that was a financially smart decision to do, and they don't. Yeah, but but you know, at the say. same token, you know that is also the beauty behind the internet is it gives anybody a voice. You know, and that's that's mm-hmm. that's cool too. So. You have to take the good with the bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, but I, I just I always say like, it's you, it's easy for like me to sit back and say, well, dude, you know what? You should be doing this. You should be doing it like this. I don't know the struggle that you yeah. you went through to get to the seat that you're sitting in. You, you know have I mean? a you your your shit involves measurements in the the millimeters and the thousandths of an inch and the fucking tolerances involved. Cannot be and represented I, in an Instagram well, photograph. When I say a tenth, when I when I'm when I'm measuring in tenths, yeah. when I'm, Jared and I are talking in the engine room. 
We're talking tenths of a, of a thou. Tenth. A tenth of a thousandth of a millimeter. Of an inch. Oh, a tenth of a thousandth of an inch? It's yeah. done in, it's done in, uh, we, we in ten US, thousandths. Yeah, we, we break it back down the, when we do like bearing clearances and things like really? that. Really? Because you stuff. have domestically produced tooling? No, the settings require it, that. Dude, it, it, all machine shops run that way. Yeah, and, like, oh really? I, I yeah. just I just bought a, a three axis CNC machine. It's going to be a steep learning curve for me. So and it's I'm, in metric it's, or it's no? In, it's all it's all in it's in all in inch. US. Yeah, and so when Jared and I are talking about oil clearances and this and that, if he tells me eight tenths, I know he's talking in something big. I know he's talking about millimeters. But when he's talking about, when he just says tenths, I know he's talking about tenth of a thou, and that's. You know, that's sometime when we're talking about ring end gaps or, you know, and, and people say, hey, shit, that doesn't matter. But if you do that in every little aspect of that engine, yeah. it, it equals something. Your you hands know? have to yeah, be some fucking surgical grade shit sometimes. Right. That's yeah. that When we interviewed Steve Dynan, he was like, if you want to get a second faster on a track, try to get a hundredth faster in a hundred places. It's like, that's how we get faster. Exactly. Yeah. That's also another guy I look up to, you know, in his model and what he's, he's awesome. I mean, Steve's it's, it's, great. Yeah. You hung out with Steve? I only met him once in St. Petersburg during a World Challenge race when I was working for Porsche, and he opened up to me. He was like, he didn't know me for shit. Like, yeah. I, he didn't know me for, like, it, it, I was just some random dude with a Porsche shirt talking to him, and he just told me so much. And yeah. It was yeah. pretty cool. He's, really, like, nice, really, smart, cuts through shit, but like, very, explains things really well. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah. super nice and yeah. really, really, uh, really uh, well-spoken. Like, mm-hmm. he really... Like, he, he really breaks down complex concepts uh, simply. And, yeah. and, uh, and well, well, he did, you know, the engineered show we shot with you, obviously, yeah. for Drive. We, we interviewed Batim for heat management and then Joey Seeley for chassis. Right. And we interviewed Steve for ECU tuning. Yeah. And it was just great. We, we, we did one question. It was like, what do you think of, you know, ECU tunes for NA cars? And he's like, most of them waste of time. And he just, like, cross his hands. It's like, next question. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, that, that's how short that subject is. I mean, yeah, but, with, with variation, but, of course. But, you know, to contradict that. What did he say? He said, "If you want to go a second faster, you need to make." Oh yeah, up. of course, no, no. So, so you know, yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, when when we're playing in that in that realm, I mean, it's not a waste of time, is it? No, no. no. We are speaking mostly about ECU tuning. People that want to get, you know, like when a, you see a street, 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 street car, car right? yeah, yeah. Car. When someone sells yeah, a chip yeah, yeah, and yeah. they sell it for your, you know, your 2015 Mustang GT or whatever. No, exactly. Yeah. But, but race cars a different thing. Yeah. You might get seven and a half horsepower by restrapping your car on the dyno. You know? Right. Totally. The tire pressure. What according the temperature to drops uh, five degrees. Yeah. Steve right. at Powertrain Dynamics, though, you get a, a much better throttle response and showed the uh, the throttle mm-hmm. you know, the fueling curve, which is which makes the car feel a whole lot fucking better, yeah. even if it's not like really faster. Oh yeah, I think so any car I get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to that dude for sure. Yeah, that guy's great. He was fucking. He is. He's, he's, he's awesome too. By the way, he's been like, dynoing cars for like cool, thirty yeah. years, and yeah. his shop looks every bit of that. Yeah. And. Uh, I oh god I was such a, your fuel trim probably looked like a fucking seismograph beforehand. <laughs> it's uh, yeah no it's uh, it was it was a little off before and it's money now it was great I got stuck in some traffic and it idled really nice on the way home awesome. it was really really good. No, that's good but this okay here's an interesting point though so I uh, the engine was running hot then the engine was running cold and then we got this big fucking radiator then we got the water pump then Tim and Tony who was awesome. Uh, and uh, and these guys like they dialed it all in. It was running, and, was, and I and it was running at like 180 highway, 190, you know, canyon, and then you know a little 200 plus. And then so Chuck at maximum saw me say that in the video and goes, no, no, like that's still too cold. It's running too cold. So I had to got a higher thermostat. They put that in. Then Steve the Dino guy says it's running too hot now. I'm gonna get the colder one back in. So and what did Tony say the whole time? 
Tony had it right the first time. Tony was like, he's like, Tim, are you really going to make me change this thermostat three no, times? No, so here's what here's the point of this, is that Chuck and his, his engineers at Maximum Motorsports, who've been racing these cars pretty successfully for a long time, they know what they're talking about, but Steve, and Steve the dyno guy at Powertrain Dynamics, works with Maximum Motorsports a lot, and he was kind of like, if I have suspension questions, I call Chuck at Maximum Motorsports. <laughs> And when Chuck has engine questions, he calls it. And I was sort of like, huh, oh, I've touched a nerve. Yeah. And it was not. And and I was sort of like, yeah, but, you know, and kind of just not trying to say that he, Steve was wrong. But I was just sort of like, but I was just told this and had a part installed specifically for. So basically, you know, Chuck thought that the oil temperature wouldn't get high enough or whatever. And, and, uh, and Steve said, no, no, the, no, it's different. And. The, the evidence that Chuck showed was correct, except the, the numbers were off by 20 degrees and back and forth and back and forth. But every time I bring the car back to you, the list gets smaller, right. and we're now down to one. Right. The last visit was three yeah. items, yeah. and now we're at one item. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. We're, no, like, we're getting there. Progress. Yeah, and the and items are getting cheaper, too. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I try to be fair, and I try to be good. But no, so to both of their defense, so you, there is a balance, right? Um, the point is that, that, that these are all experts. Like, but Tim knows what he's doing. Tony knows what he's doing. I also think Chuck and his engineers at Maximum know what they're doing. Right. But they're, they still, their smart opinions are still not necessarily the same. Does this happen a lot? All the time. Uh, all the time, even within the walls of any shop. It, the the technicians will have different opinions on e- based on each other, you know. So I think you know a scenario like that. You've got the chassis guys who look at the car as an overall operating unit, right? And then you then you take maybe they take cars out and they go testing and everything like that. And then they had one engine guy say, "Hey, look, if your oil temps are 170, you're not actually burning that." that unburnt blow by fuel in the oil right evaporating that off right you know so you want to run you know 190 to 200 degree oil temps so you right. actually get some vapor uh, you so you're burning the fuel out of your oil right you know and then the other guy's like fuck if you are 195 just cruising and then you go pound on the car on the track you're gonna be 225 230 you're gonna be taxing that so we want to give ourselves a buffer you know right so, and, it, and it really is who knows what the right answer is the right answer really is is what does your car do at this track or you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. so fi- give yourself some room well you know? that was like mm-hmm. a really good explanation of the science actually one guy says you're not going to burn off those fuels the other guy says the solution to that is just to change your fucking oil right. a little more often. Yeah, or you know. tighten your ring end gaps or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he, says, he basically says if you change your oil, it washes that stuff out. Mm-hmm. You don't need to put more stress on the engine by running it hotter just to serve that purpose when if you're only putting a couple thousand miles a year on the car anyway, you just change the oil once a year and you're fine. Right. You know, and you, so do you, do you agree with that assessment? Just run it a little lower and change the oil a little more often? Yeah, and – just pay attention to it. You know what's cool is doing – I mean, we have the tools at our hands. You, you call Blackstone. You send your oil sample in, and they'll tell you exactly what it's at. There's no opinion. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah, there's no there's – no, there's And it's like 40 bucks, right? Yeah, really? No is that like there's no a thing that people do? Yeah, there's no opinion. There's no ego. You just send it in. You say, awesome. what are my, what are my uh, solvents? What are my insolubles? What are my heavy metals? And it, and it shows you the entire printout. And it'll tell, it'll tell the story of your engine. Wow. Copper content, lead content. I know guys that are so nuts. They've done it every oil change. Oh, yeah. My customers do, too. And and the cool part is they send me the entire graph, and then they they geek out because they do something, and they put it in an Excel sheet, and I can see 
the entire trace, what oil we put in, what did we run, how many track days, how many, and then you, yeah, it, yeah. it paints a story. So, what are some of the like the important things that you've learned from analyzing oil? I mean, I know, like, I know it's a dumb question because the answer is like everything, but you know, like, is there is there like a, a little like a consumer nugget? Not to boil it down to internet spec, uh, but y- you know what? Some the without saying anything. The thing that I've learned is some of the name brand oils aren't doing what they say they're doing. They're great in a Cody Camry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From here to the grocery store. But when you get an oil hot and you're really working it, you know, it's uh, there are some things that the popular oils that you see the synthetics aren't doing. You know, what oils come back the best for running really hard? I think smaller batch, smaller companies that. You see a motorsport background behind. I'm not like gonna redline name. and shit like that. Redline, Torco. Uh, yeah, yeah. Torco is what we use. You know, and, and it's just because the reports come back decent. Yeah. the The biggest thing is not so much the re- the reports are everything. You know, but when Jared takes apart a tor- an engine with Torco in it, you you see the cam followers. That's the first thing he looks at, and that he can tell the health of an engine. You know, he's like, oh, okay, things are looking good. And sometimes he says. Oh, he must have been running so and so oil, and you know, and then you ask the customer, "Are you running this stuff?" Oh, yeah, that's what the factory recommends. Well, yeah, well, you you know what I mean. So, yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's when a we, lot. When we turn the microphones off, can you tell me what oil I should exactly, be running? Yeah. I understand why you're and doing what we'll, you're doing, and, and but then we'll send the oil samples entirely out. selfish reasons. Literally, mm-hmm. when we change your oil, it'd be cool. We'll send the oil sample off, and then the next time you change your oil, we'll send that oil sample off. We'll mark it, and you can literally see a difference as an Excel sheet. It's perfect. I had an oil wow. change literally 20 miles ago. Can you just drain a little bucket yeah, tube? Yeah, you could drain a little tube. And but what's that If I drive, drive the car to you and it has 50 miles on the oil, can we still drain yeah, a little tube? Yeah, we just crack your thing. You yeah. crack your drain plug. That's brand new oil. Is it worth analyzing brand new oil, or do you wait till the next one? Wait till the next one. Okay, cool. That's something to think about. But it's just cool, geeky information. Whether you do anything with it or not, it's just fun. Like well, I, you might I love, learn. I love numbers. I love. I love quantifiable data. You know, it's you like, might learn some valuable shit. Yeah. You might find out your fucking oil has some bad shit in it. And you need to. You, you need might, to save your motor. You might just find out you need a stroker motor. Yes. Yeah. I do. Well, shit. You're right. I mean, the problem is that you. I. The car's fun. I want to drive it just for now, but you're right. It does need a little more juice. A little more juice. But I don't want to more. buy a whole new fucking... I don't want to do that on a new engine or anything like that. Yeah, but look at, look at your great engine that you could sell. Offset some costs. For uh, we got to talk about how much a stroker engine costs. All right, we'll talk about that. I need, I need a deep discount. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Lots of plugs, though. Yeah. Ask, ask, uh, ask anyone. You ask your fucking self. I've heard of you. I know who you are. You plug things. Yeah. The Turns plug things out. work, yeah. We're business builders. Yeah. When the people fucking when the people build good shit, we're job creators. People build good shit. You know. Well, the coolest part is even look the Audi R8. Even if it was, you know, it was a well-installed body kit. It helped. (laughs) It helped us. And you know what? The thing is, we didn't even install that body kit. What did you install? The exhaust? Install anything? Yeah, and a couple, and then aligned it, and we ended up doing a lot of like uh, uh, chassis work to it. Okay. And then he actually turned out to take that, that that car actually. We were talking shit on it, but that car probably... We weren't talking shit on it. We were Listen, just... That one car, Pike's Peak. That, that car probably saw more track miles than any other street R8 ever. Cool. Yeah, he tracked the shit out of that thing. So it was it was, it was cool. He, you he said, it. Was, it a, was it a V8 or a V10? It was a V8. It was a V8. They're such okay. awesome cars, man. Yeah. V8, no, it was... A, I'm not, we're not shit talking it. It's just... it's To go from that to 
building a Pikes Peak winning race car, just the scope of our relationship is funny. It is. It, it's interesting. Yeah. We got off track with Pikes Peak. I know we have. We probably should wrap. The yeah, show we up should soon. because I actually got to get going. All right. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, what are we plugging? BBI Autosport, of course. Yeah. Is, uh, it's cool to have watched your ascendance, though. I mean, it was you know we showed up with like one and a half cameras back then, something like that. And, yeah. And you had maybe, you know, maybe three two bays, cameras, four bays in that you place. Ever, do you guys ever like sit back and think like? Are we all going to be kicking it in 30 years? Are we all going to be Why telling stories somewhere? Now. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, like, you know, we're, we're young in the industry. We're, we're all, you know, we're, we're pretty young guys. People like us can't retire, though. That's the problem. We're going to be we're going to be kicking it, but, like, we're also going to be well, working. I think the answer is, is you know. look at the guys we know, like Steve Dynan and Gail Banks, that have been doing this for 30, 40 years, and they're still doing it. Yeah. No, but what I'm saying is, like, you know, like, are, are they pals? Like, they were, they were kind of pioneers in each respective thing, and, like, the internet and then like the podcast mm-hmm. and all this stuff has brought the world the world so much smaller now. Are it we, totally is. You know, do you, you like yeah. you look at people and it doesn't matter if you're a car guy or not. Like in in, in like relationships, are are we going to be talking in ten years? Am I going to be sitting in the seat bullshitting like this, drinking beer with you guys? You know what I mean? Well, I hope, I hope it's so. a seat across the street I think in, great, yeah. in a different building, but. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, dude. Yeah. Why not? And I look at like like Pat Long. You know, I in, ten years ago at Le Mans when I was working for Porsche. He was a driver there. And Joey, Joey wasn't even with BBI at the time. He was working for Peterson White Lightning, and him and Pat Long, he was working on Pat Long's car. So it's like in the last 10 years, we saw all of our careers kind of like evolve. It's pretty, yeah. pretty cool. It's, well, like the people we make like the, the NBC Sports show with, like, you know, I was working with them in 2007. So repeat, let's just loop that, but yeah. except with you, you know. I mean, it's like if you stay in the in the realm, you'll run into the same people. But I also feel like – there's a group in those groups where you, you get along with people and you, you're excited to see them, in, you know, no matter what, right. even if you're not working I mean, with them. And We had the head writer from Top Gear in here two weeks ago. If you'd asked us 10 years ago, like, do you think the guys that you find on you, – you think you're going to ever work with the guys from Top Gear? He was yeah. sitting right where you are cool? two weeks Dude, ago. Dude, I'm in Forza. How awesome is that? That's awesome. That's the shit. That's badass. It was one like two hours of work and I'm in a video game. That's so cool. Yes. I mean, I mean, awesome. th- that's what I'm trying to say. Is like, yeah, you, you, we talked it's about crazy the, we shit. talked about the Audi. You know, that was an 08, yeah. and here we are, eight years later. Yeah. In fact, we now that I recall, just to wrap this up, yeah. we shot that Audi video. We were sent there by Next New Networks. Mm-hmm. We shot that video. We shot two other videos, and we were fired on that trip. And we were told when we come home, we will not have jobs. And those were the last three videos we made for that show. Before coming out here, and then we did something else with one of your Porsches as one of our first videos. Okay. But like, mm-hmm. well, yeah. that'll really motivate you for those shoots. Yeah, we got fired. We got fired from our jobs like the day after that shoot, and then the video aired anyway, even after media. we were fired. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then we started the smoking tire the next mm-hmm. time. That's awesome. Shazam! All right, Facebook, Twitter, the usual shit. Quick Thaddeus update: Phil was in from Dubai and uh, said Thaddeus is doing great. He's having fun. He is uh, going to the gym a lot. Mm-hmm. He's driving around a replica 356 for the Volkswagen Type is 4 he engine there? He, for like a month and a half. He's I'm in Dubai. I wondering if that was real or replica. Okay. No, it's a, rep, it's, it's a replica, but it's a, kind of a cool replica. It is and, a very good looking car. And Phil has given full reign of it to Thad. And yeah. Thad is it's like a rat rod looking kind of 356 Porsche. And Thad's cruising it around Dubai and enjoying himself and says hello. Awesome. So, Should we go up. visit him? I mean, do we need to in Dubai? Yeah. No, but I think <laughs> I don't think I'm going to the Middle East anytime soon. But we have an opportunity because Thad and Phil are going to the UK to visit a man named Don Law. Do you know Don Law? Don Law 
and his son his name of his son Justin yes. yes and they I met them at Pike's Peak yes you did freaking rad group of people yes so oh, Don Law has is basically the the caretaker of all XJ220 Jaguars yes. in the world yeah and Phil has an XJ220 Jaguar that is being taken care of by Don Don has several XJ220 Jaguars and the Ford Transit super van with the XJ220 drivetrain. And I have an opportunity to meet Thaddeus and Phil in the UK and bomb around Wales in fucking XJ220s. Like, multiples of XJ220s. You should just Like, that's like the... a 90s fucking car jerk-off fantasy come Ever. true. That's Completely <laughs> unannounced. You guys should just roll up to Chris's house. And all I said was... I, I, just, I feel like you should do it in Hamilton. Thad predicted too. the first thing I would say, which is... I want the van. Shotgun van. The van, van, <laughs> van. XJ220 van. That's awesome. And so we could do some things. So that's the shit. So check out if you if you have a Porsche, if you want to buy You do pre-purchase inspections we do. in Southern California, as yeah. I learned today for a friend. Uh, if, you, if you're thinking of buying a Porsche, as Batim will tell you, these cars are fuck all expensive when they break. Spend a couple of hundred bucks. Or a couple thousand bucks on a pre-purchase goddamn it's a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, and we're going to buy a ratty 996 and then have you build it. The super comprehensive uh, list that we have now. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're in I'm Southern California. I'm buying Mustangs and I'm going to do that. Like, <laughs> I mean... Not with you, but just... Oh, damn it. Get your car... I'll do it with you. Fuck yeah. Get it. Just get your shit checked out. We need to get your, we need to get your Mustang on the level, though. We'll get there eventually. In ten years, yeah, in ten it. years, yeah, in 10 we'll years be talking. We'll have you back on the like, podcast. Hey, you that one time when we went and got sideways in the Mustang. Yes, yeah, yeah we're gonna do that. It'll be good. Yeah. All right, buddy. Thank you for coming in. Thanks the for uh, me. the Smoking Tire Podcast is powered by Shout Engine. Get your own damn podcast at shoutengine.com. All you need is a computer, a microphone, and an internet connection. Even the dumbest people on earth can figure those things out. And it's affordable. And there's proof of it recorded on Shout Engine. Technically, right now. On Shout Engine, especially the Smoking Tire Podcast. Leave us a comment on iTunes. Yada, 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 yada. BBIAutosport.com. Watch our videos. Goodbye.